Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Shit Talk. Here we are today, uh, May the 4th, 2022. May the 4th be with us, as some have said. Um, those that don't know, I'm a huge um, Star Wars fan. It's Star Wars, isn't it? Not Star Trek. Yeah, it's Star Wars. Anyways, we're joined here. Um, you know, we have had some flack from some of our viewers saying that, you know, we don't fairly treat both sides of the world and and this kind of thing that we're, we're kind of more um, right leaning of, of a podcast or whatnot. But we do try to, you know, bring a variety of people on. So we've brought, you know, someone from the um, Illuminati, is it or, or you know. Right, right from the right from the caves where 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 the guys in the hoodies all do all their all their crazy stuff. So, um, it's a master illusionist, uh, Ryan Michael, straight um, from Hogwarts, Magic Ryan Mike, right? Right, yeah, Ryan Michael, sure, whatever you want to call me. <laughs> so, Ryan, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, so I'm an uh, I'm an illusionist. I've been performing for about ten years. Uh, been in love with magic all my life, but uh, yeah, about the last 10 years I've been performing throughout the Okanagan. Uh, started off in Jasper, which was where I was born and raised. And yeah, moved out here about uh, seven years ago and, and uh, started performing uh, pretty much right away. And it's been, it's, I never really saw it snowballing into like a full career, but that's, that's kind of what's happened and couldn't, yeah, couldn't be more happy about it. Now, Michael is, is a magician and illusionist, two different things, or are they kind of like the same thing so like i feel like a lot of people that hear the word magician it's more just about the public perception because like people when people hear the word magician they automatically think i'm going to pull a bunny out of a hat or like you know cut someone in half or you know make their wife disappear that's not really that's i don't know that's not what i do and illusionist is just sort of more like in the in the public's perception uh i think it, it just resonates more with an adult sort of audience um, but if you were to actually look at the definitions, like I am truly a magician, uh, but an illusionist is somebody like a magician's like the umbrella, right? And then there's all these different ones that fall into those categories. And uh, so an illusionist is like someone who does like the big stage stuff, like actually cutting people in half and, you know, like the David Copperfield kind of stuff, making cars appear and like all the big crazy illusions that you see, right? Like uh, Siegfried and Roy. David Copperfield, those guys are all like true illusionists. Um, but I would call myself what you like, and a lot of people don't know the term, but it's a mentalist and also an illusionist, just because I, like I said, I think it resonates with a bit more of an adult crowd. So before we get started, I got to ask you, you're not, you're not going to tell us any of the secrets, are you? Or is that, um, uh... I can't do that. It's against the code. <laughs> against the code. <laughs> against the code, man. I'm helpless. So and when well, did you well, just. Doctor... Dr. Bonnie, she's she's a warlock, right? Because she can make COVID appear and reappear and disappear. Is that, is, that, is, that, is that the stages? Like you go from magician, illusionist, mentalist, and then you outright witch and warlock, no? Or are they like secret-powered individuals? Do you know anything about the, uh, the Dark Overlords? I'm not really allowed to talk about it, unfortunately. Oh. Okay. okay. Fair enough. <laughs> I think it's more individuals. Yeah. Cause you can like, when you start off as a magician, you can, you can branch out into so many different, like, you know, sections. When I started, I started off doing kids shows. And then after I did a bunch of kids shows in Jasper, I, I moved on from that pretty quick. I, uh, I mean, it was fun and I loved it. And it, it basically gave me the roots and like my whole you know, reason for performing, but 
yeah, once you start performing for adults and you can turn them into kids, that's really where it gets a, like a lot of fun. So oh. is there, Michael, is there, um, uh, Ryan, oh, sorry, Ryan, up. Ryan, Michael, sorry. Um, is there uh, any like supernatural stuff that like, like maybe, maybe got you into it? Is, is, is there any kind of borderline stuff that's, or is that so, all part of, or is you, are you like a realist, like scientist kind of thing? Like, so I'm, I'm, I'm definitely a realist and a scientist. Like I don't, I'm not a scientist, but I like to think that I follow what, you know, science is. Um, but yeah, there are some, there are some lines like there's, so mentalism is a whole separate category that sort of just help happens to fall under magic because it gets sort of the same reactions. And, and that's the sort of like, like what you would, what you would consider like mind reading. Um, I'll tell you right now, and I'll go on record on saying this, that I think there's no such thing as psychics, like psychics, just the, all of that is just, it's a hoax. And at the end, like, you, have you heard of uh, Penn and Teller? Oh, yes. Right. I love Penn and Teller. I'm a little guy that doesn't talk, right? So they've, they've gone out and they're pretty outspoken about psychics because they're, and they, along with me, think that they're actually like immoral like for what they're doing because they're they're taking advantage of people when they're at their most vulnerable and telling them that they can talk to dead people and you know i can hear voices and that that's just all to, in in my opinion i think that's just all bullshit it's it they use the some of the same techniques that mentalists and mind readers use but so, you, i'm sorry you just can't talk to the dead man you just can't do it it's just not it's not possible so to take to take advantage of someone when they're like you know yeah it's an easy way to make a scam for sure I've seen a lot of that I'm just like there's no wanna, way you, you can you can tell up. if you like it, it takes a fool the fools get tricked but guys that understand are kind of like no but so take us back to the start before like before you knew anything about anything how did you get into this like how did you start to learn like did you have a teacher did you read books did you like tell us a little bit about your or your origin story. Sure. So just before I say that, I just wanted to say about the psychic thing. Um, there's a guy named James Randy. And if you want to look, I, I knew he was going to talk again about psychic. Sorry, go ahead. No, it's all. Yeah, there you go. There you bring it up. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So yeah, uh, James Randy is a great guy, uh, R-A-N-D-I. And he put out a, a million dollar challenge for like 20 years to, for anyone that could prove they were actually psychic and nobody, nobody passed the test. And there was a really famous, uh, woman sylvia brown who claimed to be a medium and a psychic and she claimed that she couldn't get in touch with them she didn't know how to get in touch with them but she was supposed to be a psychic so it's like come on i actually believe that, that there are actually like real psychics out there and there have been throughout history but i also believe that 90 percent of the people out there are, are scammers and, and you can pick them apart like i, I believe that the, the military has like um, you know, remote viewing and, and a lot of kind of, uh, that's a whole yeah. other topic, but I think that, that there are certain people that, that have developed techniques that can, that can access psychic ability. And I, I know that's a different story than the people who have the crystal ball and they're just like, I know I can, your mother is talking to me, probably you not know, your yeah. dead mother or whatever. Like, that's just like, I don't, I, I'm right. totally with you on that, but I think there are people that can do certain elements of of that but that's a whole well, other topic we can talk about later could, that could be sort of the category that i would fall into as a as a mentalist but uh just so as you're saying that my, my sort of origin story um i started off watching uh just for laughs you know the comedy show mm -hmm. and stand-up comedians, 
and I all and that was I've watched every episode of that on repeat like a hundred times that would be what I'd watch when there was still just like cable and I remember on that show I saw Penn and Teller and they were awesome and I loved like re-watching their cups and balls because they did they do it with clear cups so you can see the sleight of hand but you still can't really see it and it was just it was really cool to watch and then there was another guy named the amazing Jonathan and he passed away this year not not too long ago actually rest in peace and he was uh, he was the guy who like really like sort of like affected me because he came out and he wasn't this like magician. He was like screwing up every trick, but like on purpose. And it was it, and he, the tricks were like some one of them was he would have like two coat hangers and he'd be like, all right, now for the mystery of the Lincoln coat hangers. And as you can see, they're already linked. So that's going to save us a lot of time. And he throws them away. <laughs> and it's just like little, little stuff like that. And it was just all like gags. But there was a couple of tricks that I caught. Another one was he would come out with a pair of scissors and he'd go, have we done this yet? And everyone's like, no. And he's like, okay, we'll do it now. You know, and everyone's like expecting him to do a trick. And he's just like, you know, it's just like ridiculous. Um, and then he does this. This is like, the, this is the first magic trick that I ever learned. So you take a pen and you throw it up your nose and it comes out. <laughs> And I watched him do that probably like a thousand times every time, you know, the repeats of Just for Last would come on. I'd hope he was on and I'd watch it and study it. And I figured it out. And then I would do that to like every person I met. That's how I'd like introduce myself. Hi, I'm Ryan. You know, I'm just fucking like, <laughs> it was ridiculous. And then, uh, and then my buddy Wyatt, uh, who's still like my best friend, he lives in uh, Kelowna here with me. We were roommates for six years when I first moved here. And he showed me like the first real magic trick that, like I've, I'd never seen, I've seen people do magic tricks, you know, card, you have to count and there's math and it's like, you know, a bunch of weird, this was just straight up. Like that's magic. Like it was like, holy shit that, that crossed the line between like your uncle showing you a card trick at a wedding. That's terrible. And like this dude's David Blaine. And it was like one of the, it was the first moment that I had where I'm like, Oh my God, this isn't just like on TV. Like this is, you can, you can do this stuff. Oh yeah. My, my cousin, um, my younger cousin actually took some lessons from David Blaine's grand, uh, dad or grandfather. And he could do all that stuff. Like this is my first cousin. Like I can't even like explain just like I, we've had you talk, I've talked about him on, on the show before. And this is why I was so excited to get you on, but he could do stuff that like uncanny stuff. Like I'm sure this kind of stuff that you do, like, and even his card skills was, was amazing. Like he could flick a card in the air and it fly across the room and come back to the deck of cards and he'd slide it right in and fan it out. And like, he was just amazing with cards. And, and I know there's those card tricks with numbers and stuff like that. He didn't do card tricks like that. He'd be like, pick a card. Like you wouldn't even touch the deck. And be like, all right. It's like, you know what card it is? It's like, yeah. He's like, he's like, is this your card? I'm like, no, is this your cards? Like, I'm like, no, is this your cards? Like, go check behind that picture over there. And I'd be like, go to the picture on the wall. And it'd be like, literally the card in the glass, but, but like, he, like that, the one I picked out and I'm just like, like he did all kinds of stuff like that. And I'm just like, that is uh, mind boggling. So he was, he is up there. And like, yeah, I don't think he ever did like famous shows or anything, but just like, I mean, and then one day he stopped doing it. Like I've never, ever heard him do it anymore. Really? I don't know. I don't know why he just, he just got bored of it and was done, but he was, he was the most amazing person I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like the first time that I saw that card trick that my buddy showed me, it, it clued me in that like, this isn't just, 
you know, a couple of individuals that are born magic and then they just go and learn tricks. Like you can actually study and practice and learn and, and you can become a magician. And I just never had that realization. And then when I saw Now You See Me, when it was like a, a magic movie, that's really another time where I was like, oh my God, magic. I kind of forgot about this. And I'd learned like a bunch of tricks, but then after that movie came out, I was like, I'm really going to actually do this for a little bit. See if I can actually, you know, learn some good magic. And then, yeah, I went out to the bar one night, brought a deck of cards with me. And the next day I was walking around Jasper and it was every single person was like, that's the magician. And I like, I just did a couple tricks at a bar, you know, and all of a sudden everyone's like, there's a magician. And I was like, oh, I guess I am. And then I just kept going with it. And it just like, it just snowballed. And I just want to clarify, you've never pulled a rabbit out of a hat? <laughs> uh, I have. I have. When I used to do kids shows, I did I did that once. And then I'd never again. I borrowed a rabbit from my friend and it was not a good, it was not a good scene. I didn't enjoy having a live animal. <laughs> oh, okay. I thought maybe you made, made a mess in the hat or something. Yo, it certainly um, did. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're they're. <laughs> They're cute and fluffy. Have you guys heard that recording where the lady is babysitting a kid who went to magic camp? I wish I wish I could pull that up. I'm sure you've heard this, JC. I did. That is hilarious. On this TikTok, lady, she was babysitting the kid. Yeah. And she calls up 911 and she's like, he's missing. We were playing hide and go see. You don't understand. He's not a normal kid. He went to magic camp. One yeah. time he made a bird fly out of my mouth. Like they don't own any birds. Like it was so cool. I know that was, was real so too. Funny. And she's just like the guy's like, "Did you check outside?" She's like, "No, you you don't understand. Yeah. You don't understand this kid." <laughs> and then and then the end of the recording, like the parents come home, and he like the kid was like in the freezer or something for like three hours. He like surprise jumps out of the freezer, and she's like, "What the fuck?" She's like, "I quit. I can't handle this." That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Here, let's see if I can uh, if I can show you this. Uh, this is the trick that that got me into magic. Here, can you guys see my hands? All right. So, I mean, it's going to be kind of tricky to uh, to get you to to pick a card because you know, even if you say stop, I could just like keep going into you know, it's hard to line it up with the video. So, can you uh, can you because we're having? Uh, I'd like to post the sound as well to our our actual podcast. Do you think can you kind of explain as you go what you're doing as yeah, best yeah. you can? Yeah, so not just, just listeners. Yeah, this is. Uh, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll explain as as I'm going through. So, uh, I'm going to get you to say stop. As I well, actually, maybe just give me a number, and whatever number you name will count down that many cards in the deck. Fifty-one. Fifty-one. All right, perfect. <laughs> that's fine. So, so to make to get to fifty-one, it's really easy. You just take the bottom card and look at that card right there. There we go. Yeah, that's yeah. That's I was going for easy. So he knows he knows a card now, and we're going to shuffle the cards, and you guys. Are just uh, have a look here and make sure that this is a genuine real shuffle. Yeah, those cards are shuffled. Mm -hmm. And we'll give them a cut and one more good shuffle. And even if I was somehow controlling the card or if I knew where it was, it's not really gonna matter because Nate, you gave me a number, it was 51. Uh, this time we'll go for JC. JC, give me a number. Um, nine. Nine. So I want you to watch this really carefully. I'm going to count down nine cards in the deck and I'm going to go really slow. That's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. And the ninth card is right here. What was your card, Nate? Mine? Yeah. 
That was the five of spades. And right there is the five of spades. Wow. And Gee, if you would have gone one card less or one card more, you would have missed it. Right? But you landed right on the five of spades. Well, JC also identifies as a girl named Clairvoyant. <laughs> I think so I, then, I'm uh, being so then ganged he, up on here. He, uh, he shows me another couple of things with this too. So he gives the cards a cut, right? And he, he takes the top card here. Let's say it's the seven of hearts, right? And then he shows me, you can just take the card like this and run it through the deck and it will change uh, into the five of spades like that. Hmm. Right. Even, if you, even if you cut that card and you put it down into the middle of the deck, just a little snap like that, and it will jump right back to the top. You, again, you can put that card nice and fairly in the middle of the deck and just a little snap, and it will jump right back to the top like that. And you could have chosen these cards right here. They're all different. So when I first kind of saw like that kind of stuff, it, it just kind of was the difference between, you know, like a shitty trick and just like pick a card, name a number. Boom, there it is. So what's one of the best best tricks you've ever done? The biggest uh, big, biggest satisfaction that you had yourself that you executed a trick? And um, oh, there's been a few, but if I was to pick, so I did a I did a, um, a show for the Canadian National Institute for the Blind. And uh, <laughs> that's was, not a show. So your audience was blind, is that what you're saying? So it was like a fundraiser for them. So everyone showed up and we had to eat dinner with blindfolds on. And then they hired oh, me. Can you do a magic show where everyone's blindfolded? And I was like, I will try. I'll do my best. And, and we kind of switched it up last minute. I had this whole show planned where everyone could be blindfolded. But this, was, this is a really crazy thing. So I get to the event and I sit down and they gave me dinner too. So I'm blindfolded. And before I put my blindfold on, I noticed there's a guy next to me and he doesn't have a blindfold. And I was like, and I looked at him and I was like, what's, what's your name? And he, I can see he's kind of looking up and he's like, my name's Jim. And he shakes my hand. And I was like, I kind of clued in right away. Like this, this guy's actually blind. And so I start talking to him and he goes, yeah, I'm, I'm 52 years old. I went blind last year. He went blind at 51. Wow. Like wow. He was diabetes or something? Or? No, it was, an, it was this big like electrical accident at work. And, and somehow it hit his, hit his eyes and he's blinded. 95% blind so he can see like shadows but like barely like barely even a shadow right so I'm talking to him and and it was just it was a real it, I just got to know this guy and I just was like man this is fucking cool like this guy's sharing his whole life with me and the guy went blind last year so he's he's sitting next to me and I say do you mind if I use you in the show can I can I like you know are you comfortable if I if I kind of you know make a big deal out of you and he's like yeah go ahead sure and he was the only guy there that wasn't that was blind there was no one everyone else was just like a fundraiser uh with blindfolds and, and we ate dinner and we had to try to figure out what we were eating and it was like it was really cool um i mean it was a challenge i shouldn't say it was really cool because it's you know 2022 but anyways um so i get up on stage and i taught him this trick and the trick was that he was going to come up on the stage with me and there was a, a table with a big tablecloth so you couldn't see your feet and I'm going to actually tell you exactly what I did. On his foot, I was pressing. So I said, we're going to do something based on feelings. And I pressed on his foot with my foot. And right away, as soon as I do that, I could see he was like, he smiled and he's like, okay. 
And I was like, all right, so someone in the audience, I, I picked his wife and I said, I want you to think of a card. So covertly, I read her mind. I figured out what card she was thinking of. And I said to the guy, okay, so we're going to do something based on feelings. Now in the cards, we have either red cards or we have black cards. And I press on his foot when I say red. So now he knows it's a red card, right? And so she was thinking of the three of hearts or sorry, it was the, it was the jack of hearts. And then I go uh, in the red cards, we have hearts and we have diamonds. And I press on his foot for the heart. And then I go, uh, and, and of course, in the cards, there's aces all the way up to tens. And then we have the face cards, the jacks, the queens, and the kings. And I press on his foot for jack. And every time I press, I can see his, like he's holding back his smile because he's like, fuck, like this is, I understand. And we were just connecting. And so I say, okay, I want you to think and I want you to concentrate and just do it based on feelings. And I take a big step, step away from him so nobody thinks that I'm like close to him and that I did what I just did. I said, formulate a card, think about this. You know, did I get a feeling on red or black? Did I get a feeling on, you know, hearts or diamonds? What, you know, what did I get a feeling on? And uh, finally he goes and he's just sitting there and he sits for like a minute and he just thinks and he's like, three of hearts. And everyone just fucking loses it, man. Like the whole room just fucking, this blind guy on stage just read his wife's mind. And so I was like, okay, everyone calm down. That was his wife. Maybe we planned that before the show, right? Okay, someone at random here, you think of a card, you got one? And I do the same thing. And he gets this one too. And both times he like waited like five minutes, like a minute, which is a long time on stage. He waits a minute before he reveals the card. And he's like, seven of spades and everyone just fucking goes crazy and he's blind he fucking stands up and he puts his arms out he, thank you ladies and gentlemen that was wait wait I'm, I'm missing something so the people who who decide what their card is do they tell you or do they tell no, everyone no, else they, or they, how they, do no, they know that they how, just you, how did they you just, know that well that's the magic right so i'm able to read their mind and so i got the card I read, I read the girl's mind in the audience and then I, I cued it to him as I was talking to him. Okay. How do you read, how do you read their mind? Is there like, how did you learn how to do that? Is it a natural uh, ability or just yeah. something you learned? Let's dance around the secrets. Like we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll parade around the border of the secret without getting to it. How did you learn how to do that? Well, the way I can describe it is it's like, it's like a musical ability. Some people are born with it. Some people aren't, but a combination of reading body language, micro, micro expressions, um, things that people are, they don't think they're giving away, but they're giving away. Um, there's, there's, there's a lot that goes to it. Uh, another big part of it too, is like, you know, maybe you want to seem restrictive without seeming restrictive. So right now, if I were to tell you, uh, think of a card, it could be as high as the King of Hearts. It could be as low as the two of spades, right? If I said those couple of things that automatically cancels out the King and the two. So now you're probably going to be somewhere in the middle. Right. And you can start to use these psychological, um, you know, patterns that you find in people and you can you can display it as as actual mind reading. But there is, you know, a whole other there's a whole other part to it that uses less less of like a method. And it's literally just you're reading people. OK, so apart from like Yoda for crying out loud. <laughs> yeah, Yoda's backpack. So, OK, so let me ask you this apart from like the magical shows do you use this ability in like other aspects of your life no on a no. small scale 
No, because each effect is designed specifically to extract a thought or uh, a moment fr from that situation. So like, I can't just, nobody in the world can just look at you and know what you're thinking. That's not, you know, that's not a thing. No, but I mean, like, but, if you're having a conversation with someone or I mean, it's you're, hard not you're to at the bank teller or the girl at Subway or something, can you, um, can you steer the conversation in a way that you can you know make them happy or 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 whatever like does that does that make sense yeah like i mean i i, I mean just in general i try to be a nice guy but it's it's hard not to pick up on behavioral cues sometimes but when you're when you're not performing and you're just talking to someone it's you're not like concentrating on it you know you're not like you're not like trying to do that and if you're if you're having an actual conversation with someone you know, you, you hope that that person's being honest with, like, I'm, I'm thinking like the scenario in my mind is like, you're arguing with your girlfriend. Can you read her mind and you know, whatever, like, but that's no, because you're also emotionally involved in that conversation. No, you're but not, I mean, like, not, I mean, like, like if, so you're, if you're just like, if someone's having a bad day or something, can you kind of like try to cheer them up or whatever, like direct their, cause I can, I've, I've actually like, like, I'm not saying I'm a magician or anything like that, but I've, I've kind of like from talking to people, I've kind of like learned how to do that a little bit or to charm them a little bit. Yeah. And, and I've like, I kind of understand how like there's a theory of like witchcraft on like how you use your emotions and your words because as an act can actually have power over other people. I'm not saying like crazy spells and power. I'm just saying like, there's a lot of people that have actually like learned to master that kind of thing. And I think that falls in the same category, maybe a, a stretch, but as what you're kind of saying is, is that, is that my, my out to lunch or what? No, I mean, yeah, I, I think, I think in the end that just more has to do with like sort of learning to be like a people person and knowing, you know, knowing what to say at the right time, I guess. I, for me, I'm just like, I always try to just be as nice as I can. And if I, I'm, you know, if I'm in Subway or something, I'll, I'll, you know, ask the girl behind the counter if she wants to see a magic trick. Look at her name tag. Call her by her name. Thanks, Wendy. Appreciate it. It's like, that means, so because I've, I've been in that industry and I've worked behind counters and as a server. And when people just look at you like you're, you know, just their server, it's like kind of demoralizing if you do that for eight hours a day, every day. But the, someone comes in and they're like, hey, Ryan, how are you? And you're like, I'm great. Thanks. How are you? <laughs> you know, it's just like, you know what the one thing I hate, man, is like, I've noticed this in the city because back in Jasper, it was different. In Jasper, you call a business, any business. Hey, how are you? Good, thanks. How are you? Awesome. I'm looking for this, right? You call a business like anywhere in a city and you go, hey, how's it going? And they just go, good. And they just wait. And you're like, do you like have some people skills? Just, a, just a, the littlest bit of people skills you'll be happier. Like in the end, you're going to be happier if you're nicer to people. If you're an asshole to everybody, you're going to feel like an asshole. Sorry, can I swear? Totally. Yes. See, I'm the opposite. Be, I'm yeah, the opposite. You know what I'm saying? People like, tell me, have a nice day. And I say, don't tell me how to live my life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I mean, like, I don't know. I think in general, it's just like, I've, I'm raised in a, I'm from a small town, man. I, I like to be nice to people as there's never, I try to avoid as much confrontation as I possibly can. And I, I think that stems from a lot. I did, I've, I do jujitsu. And so I get my aggression out when I need to. 
I've, I've taken some self-defense courses like with for like six years with this trainer and he was friggin' fantastic um, and shit like that. And it's just, you know, I don't know. It's just confrontation, anger. It's the only person that you're hurting is you. You're not doing any good. It doesn't doesn't do anything. It's like, just be a nice guy. That's yeah. going to work out better for everybody. It entertains me, but it does shock me. I, I work in public all the time and um, I loathe them. But we, what shocks me is that when we call a customer nowadays, they answer the phone in the weirdest, weirdest ways. Like, are you here already? Or, yo, what's up? You know, there's no, and I always introduce myself and, you know, who I, who I work for and, you know, make, and I, like you said, it's, it's one of those common decency things that everyone wants to hear their own name. They want to be feeling appreciated right? Sure. Nothing sounds nicer than your own name, really, right? Yep. So, and JC, quit screwing up Ryan's name, would you? The, uh, <laughs> but yeah, my question is like, are, are do you play poker? Are you allowed to play poker? Is that an immoral <laughs> thing? To I get that question. Yeah. If you want to play for money later, let me know and I'll be happy. <laughs> um, no, yeah, I mean, I have poker nights with my buddies, but I'm not allowed to touch the deck and that's okay. But uh, <laughs> they always bring different cards, so they so I can't you know know in advance what they're gonna bring. But no, I mean like poker is one of those things where you you can definitely read people's tells. But here's just an example, right? Um, here, let's do this, uh, Nate. We're just gonna have to trust you. But for real, can you just if you turn around, can you see the screen? So I, I just want you to look away. Don't look at the screen for a second, JC. You're just gonna say stop. Stop. Right there, just remember the value of that card. Can you see yeah. it? Yeah. Perfect. Okay. Uh, actually, I saw it too. Hold on, Nate. Still look away for again. We're just going to try to get a different one. Go ahead. Okay, stop. Okay, that's better. Just because okay. it's like a, it's a, it's a better value. You know what I'm Okay, so Nate, you can turn around now. So now, Nate, uh, this is just an example of kind of how I would try to to read someone's mind. So if you're if you're gonna um, think of that card, JC, think about the value of that card for a second. Okay. And now I just want you to say the values of the cards. So go ace all the way up to king. And I'll explain why the first card you picked wasn't as good uh, later. But this is, a, this is a good sort of idea just to sort of see what I'm looking for. And, and we're going to go through it after we do it. So just say ace all the way up to king. And Nate, pay attention to, to his facial expressions and kind of what he's given away. Ace as being like one or? Yep, yep. Like, do I have to do suits or just? Like, no, no, like... just the values, just oh. the values. Okay, so you got ace, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, jack, king, queen. I mean, king, queen, king. Yeah, yeah, that's Sorry. perfect. So, uh, first of all, I noticed a few things. Nate, uh, I'm just going to let you go first so you're not influenced by what I say. What do you, what do you think? Do you have any idea what, card he, what value of the card he's thinking of? Yeah, it was either two or six. Okay, so you're at you're really close. And why why did you think that? Because his nose twitched at two. Okay. And six okay. was so clear. Okay. It was so, go ahead. That's no, that's it. We're less than a minute here, so before yeah. we go to break. Perfect. I'll come we'll come back to uh to the sort of next step in this then. Cool. All right. Right so on. Good. So yeah, this uh this portion of Shit Talk Podcast is brought to you by JC. Who's our sponsor this week? Magical, you had one job. Man. Magical Lucky Charms. <laughs> yeah. 
Now, we're not allowed to pick on midgets anymore, remember? They said, don't poke fun at midgets. Um, that includes the ones in the trees that make the cookies, the one that's pokey. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Shit Talk. Here we are, May the 4th, 2022, and in the great celebration of the master, um, call him an illusionist if you want, Jim Jim Henson there. We're joined here with, uh, with another... Um, illusionist and and master of uh of mind games at mind tricks uh ryan michaels ryan michael sorry sean michaels that's the plural version so you so how long have you been here in the okanagan there ryan uh this is year number seven now nice yeah. and so are you you're doing more corporate events more more of the bigger games are you getting yeah. hired for weddings and and that kind of thing Yep, weddings, corporate events, uh, even a lot of a lot of private parties are happening still. Especially they were really popular during COVID because a lot of people weren't able to go out, so it was a lot more private shows. And then, uh, yeah, just actually performed at the Vernon District of Performing Arts. It was a seven hundred and fifty seat theater, and it was uh, it was awesome. We had projector screens, we had uh, live video going the whole time, and it was it was really really fun. Super cool. Uh, wait, did we leave off on our last segment? Did you? It was like. There's a part two to that, right, Ryan? Right, yeah, yeah. So we we're just gonna gonna go through what what card you had thought of there. So Nate, you had guessed either it was a two or a six. Mm -hmm. Um, and so the things that clued you in were the blinking, and you you thought you saw his nose twitch or something, right? Mm -hmm. So JC, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you tried to blink quite a few times because you you actually blinked ten times while you were counting. I didn't, I didn't really count how many times no. I blinked, but were you, take your I word ask, for it. Were you intentionally blinking while you were counting? No. No. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. Not a lot. A lot of people try to keep like a really straight face and try to not blink. And anytime someone blinks there, people are always like, oh, that's the number. That's the one he was thinking of. Um, it's totally not, not because when you blink, your body's actually a little bit more relaxed. And so it's not going to be a number that you're relaxed on. It's going to be a number that you're really tense on. So the number that I saw was five that you were really tense on. And so I, I'm guessing it was a five. Yeah, that's right. correct. Yeah. So it's just about, it's just about like, you know, figuring out where someone, it, the more that you try to conceal whatever it is that you're hiding, the more you end up revealing it. So it's like, you know, when people say, oh, their nose blinked or they twitched or they did something funny, it's like, yeah, that can be sort of a sign of deception, but the, the, the real giveaways are when the people really tense up. So like an exaggerated version would be like ace, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, right? Like you're all like relaxed and jovial during the numbers that it isn't, but the ones that you're, the one that it is, there's like this extra little moment of like really trying to hide it because at the end of the day, like most people that you do magic for are, are like moral people, like they have like a conscience and they can, they know what's wrong and right. So when they, when they are trying to hide something, it, it gets given away a lot easier. So if you ever watch like true crime documentaries or like the behavioral panel, those guys all break down, like, you know, the science of like body language and deceptive behavior and all that kind of stuff. And you can sort of hone in on that a little bit more. Oh, I wonder how, what you think of Amber Heard. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't really followed it too much. I've just seen some of the highlights on YouTube. It's it's been pretty funny. Her housekeeper's the illusionist. She got rid of that shit stain pretty quick. 
Yeah. Sorry, I had to go there. I don't know. I didn't follow it at all. I just think it's sad that that's what the attention's on nowadays. Um, so yeah, have you attended any auctions? That kind of thing? Are you because like, you must be able to read a crowd different than most people, right? <laughs> that's hilarious. Um, no, not too many auctions in my day, to be honest. <laughs> just curious. Yeah, see, my my mom actually, um, when she was younger, before she had kids, uh, she actually toured with a uh, illusionist in hypnosis. And okay. I wish I wish I could remember the guy's name to tell you the truth, but uh, it got me into a bit of hypnosis. He hypnotized you um, to not remember his name when I was younger. Yeah, <laughs> so um, yeah, it's it's pretty powerful. It really is. Um, hypnosis to me is is more of a meditative hypnosis where I don't want to hypnotize other people. I just want to be able to relax and go to sleep when it's time to relax and go to sleep. That was the reason that I I took on hypnosis mostly. And uh, yeah, kind of get yourself reset for the day. I can, yeah, I have the cool ability now where I literally have a dream sequence that I set myself up for and that's it. So anytime. So are you, are you uh, lucid dreaming? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I'm flying. I'm, I'm everywhere. Yeah. I just take off in a park and it's always the same bench and it's always the same park, but yeah. Then from there I'm gone. Cool. Yeah. Pretty neat. That's yeah, really cool, yeah, Ryan. Pretty... You must like slay it with the ladies or like <laughs> card card openers. Like that's the best opener you can get. <laughs> You'd walk up like the hottest chick, be like, "Want to see a mad chick?" You're like, "Sure." And you're like, "Damn, you're in like right now." <laughs> oh look, your phone number's in my phone. <laughs> <laughs> nothing, nothing more that a girl loves than a guy who spent 25 years in his parents' basement learning magic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Right on. So you gotta be yeah, like, hey, baby, I'll I'll show you some magic. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Look, your your so, panties just disappeared. <laughs> getting back to, um, I, I'm not gonna ask how how old you are, Ryan. Right? I think you like said already. So red right now. <laughs> I think you said already. Yeah, because you go you go into the I know, you go I'm, into the I'm dark. Bad. I'm bad. The. Uh, Getting back to to the origins, did you did you have a lot of influence that way when you were younger? Like, I know you're probably close to ten years younger than JC and myself, right? In your thirties, yeah. So, what what were the big influences on TV other than um, the Just for Laughs, Penn and Teller, that kind of thing? Did you see? We were lucky. We had we had, like I said, the Muppets. We had the Fraggles. We had really cool illusions that were there that we didn't really really even recognize as to how simple those mm -hmm. illusions were we were just like oh this is the coolest puppet show right. you know we didn't realize how many wires were involved or any of that kind of stuff right so yeah for sure yeah and even considering watch a watch a commercial you know there's so much illusion that's in there too uh, but yeah, my, my first, uh, my first, like watching David Blaine the first time that's that first special that he came out with street magic was a game changer for me. That was like, I must've watched that thing a hundred times when he bites the quarter and then pff, blows it back and it like joins back together. It was just like, what, like, are you kidding me? And I didn't, you know, everyone, we all thought he was like actually magic. And then that was probably when I was like 12 or 13. But like most most magicians, they get a, a kit when they're a kid 
you know, and then they just, they fall in love with it or they read a book or they, they see a magic show when they're really young and then they do it from when they're five years old to, to, when, to where they are now, right? I wasn't like that. I, I did the, a couple of little tricks and I always loved magic, but growing up in Jasper, man, we had the smallest library. There was no magic books. There was, there was no magicians in Jasper. There's 5,000 people. You know, so it was like, there's no way to even begin to comprehend that you could learn how to be a magician. So yeah, then, and if somebody disappears in Jasper, they have to assume it's Sasquatch or a grizzly bear, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. no- <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's your first clue for sure. Uh, yeah, and then so then once I once I sort of uh, I met a couple of magicians. Uh, I don't even remember the first one that I met, but. I just kind of like started finding these little tricks on YouTube that kind of were like, they weren't great, but they were, they were something. And I just like kind of fell in love with it. Then the first time I ever brought a deck of cards out to the bar was on Halloween 2012. And I dressed up as the Mad Hatter and I did card tricks for people in the bar. And then, like I said, like the next day people were just like, that's the magician. But then somebody told me they were like, there's a magician in Hinton too. And I was like, oh really? What? Which is like 45 minutes from Jasper. So they're like, yeah, he, he works there. So I go to the shop that he works at and uh, I see him in there and I didn't know if it was the right guy, but I look at his arm and he's got an ace of spades tattoo on his arm. And I was like, that's, that's gotta be him for sure. So I walk over to him and, and I'm just kind of chatting with him. And I was like, do you, uh, do you do magic? I like your tattoo. And he's like, or I was like, do you play? I, I think I was like nonchalant. I was like, do you play poker? What's the tattoo about? And he just like really laid back was like, I do magic you know like not nothing to it and i was like yeah that's sick can you show me a trick and he's like sure so he walks over and he gets four jokers and he holds them up he goes watch all four jokers are face up he goes through the cards one joker flips over and he goes watch i'll do it again if i count through the cards i snap my fingers now two jokers are, are face down if i do it again now three jokers are face down until all four jokers were face down right he takes two of those cards and puts them in my hand, two of them in, in his hand. And he goes, the cool part is when I snap, boom, and we turn our cards over and they had changed into aces. So it was, yeah, it was really cool. But then I, I won't, I won't, uh, I mean, yeah. The, the name of the trick, uh, I said it to him right after he did it because I knew what it was. And he looks at me and he's like, what the fuck? And I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm a magician too. And he was like, what? Why didn't you say that? And then we just started jamming. And we're like still best friends till till this day. Like he's he's one of my best buddies. And he he's one of these rare guys that actually creates magic tricks. He doesn't just like perform them, but he actually sits down and invents magic tricks. And cool. it's, it's like, that's a whole separate type of human. Like 95% of magicians out there perform other magicians magic. And it's just like 5% that actually create the magic that everyone else does. You know, it's like to be able to actually invent a magic trick. That's a whole, that's a whole step. Cause you got to think people have been doing magic for like 500 years. Like people have thought of a lot of things on how to fool people. And so. See, that's actually something I was going to touch base on. Like, it's not like so many other forms of art or entertainment where even music nowadays everybody's on each other's cases oh you you took my backbeat or you you know that's that's my jingle kind of thing right um songwriters even you know with lyrics and that kind of thing whereas magicians have always kind of been building on each other's work to try and make it either more unique or more elaborate or more you know 
intense yeah. and, and dramatic, yeah. right? So. I'm standing on the shoulders of giants. Like I'm, I don't, I didn't invent, almost, I think I invented one trick that I do in my show. But the, besides mm-hmm. that, it's like, it's all other guys stuff. But then that's, you, you, you hit the nail on the head when saying it's about changing the presentation and making it unique and finding a way to make it your own. And that's well, it. That's totally. That's what you did at what you did at the the blind guy fundraiser there for sure, right? That's uh, yeah. That's that's very unique, right? So, yeah. Um, but do you do yeah, things like you're... like my cousin did, like where like you'd find something, you'd find your card, but be like in another room or something, and you yeah. do you do stuff like that? Like, yep. Yeah, how would sure. you? I can't understand that, like before it's even happened you you know the card like before you you've even mentioned anything at all of the trick or anything to the person you've already know their card and where it's gonna and you placed it somewhere like without even touching the deck like i don't i can't under fathom in my mind how that is not supernatural like <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm, I think I've told Nathan this one trick before that my cousin did. It's just like, he's like, here's a deck of cards. I'm going to sit in this room. You and my, my other cousin um, is his cousin, Tutuzo. I'll go into the other room and he's like, take this deck of cards. Like he was, he didn't touch the cards at all. Like, and he's like, take the cards, go through the cards. She's like, he's like, you pick the cards, you look at it and then start rubbing your arm. Like, he's like, put your hand on your arm and start rubbing your arm. And like hold your hand on your arm. Maybe you've heard of this trick before. I don't know. And I'm and so I'm just like holding my wrist like this, right? And he's like, don't look let go of your wrist for like a couple minutes. And then he's like, come back in the room and like and then keep your hand on your wrist. Don't take your hand on your wrist. And he's like, he's like, I go back into the room. He's like, is it the eight? Eight? I mean, I'm like, yeah, how'd you know that? He's like, lift up your hand. And I like lifted up my hand. And on my wrist, like my whole arm is red from like holding it, right? But on my wrist, it was like eight in like white. Like my skin was white in in the shape of an eight. Cool. And he he just does like all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, dude, that is like beyond like simple card tricks. That's like, I I can't understand that. But do you do stuff like that? Cousin that's possessed by the devil. Yeah, I'm like, dude, what that's, kind of stuff? That's the easiest with? explanation, JC. <laughs> the idea that a magician would go around the house and hide different cards in different pictures all throughout <laughs> the house in different places and then wait to see what your tell was to tell you which and then try and remember which card he hit. That's just unreasonable. It's no, it's but sometimes obvious. you'd be like, Where your cousin was possessed by the devil. He's like, take off your hat. You'd like, take off your hat and the card would be in your hat and you were sitting at the table with him and no one has touched your hat demonic possession it's simple does that sound does, what do you think of all that ryan yeah i mean that's uh yeah, that sound that's, normal to you I, or i do i do some of that stuff i haven't done those specific tricks but like i do one where uh someone picks a card they go through the deck of cards after they've chosen the card i think i just usually get them to freely name it or just think of it and then they go through the cards and their card isn't in the deck of cards that they have in their hands and they've had the, the deck of cards the whole time and about 20 minutes before that I give somebody a, a coffee crisp or like a Mars bar or whatever, a chocolate bar. And then I tell them, would you guys be amazed if it was in the wrapper? And they, they open up this chocolate bar and they could even buy it from like the vending machine. Right. They open up the chocolate bar and it's not in the wrapper. And I'm like, yeah, that would have been cool. Wouldn't it? 
and there or whatever. And then I get them to break the chocolate bar open and the card is inside the chocolate bar and they take it out and it's the card they thought of. And that's like, that's a trick I've been doing for probably like three, four years now. And it, it's, it's a, it's a good one. It's a fun one. Is there like a certain name for that kind of trick or is that just part of the whole gig? Yeah. I mean, each one has its own, its own, like, I don't want to say names, but sort or of category like, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Sort of something in a, in a crazy location, like in an impossible place. Wow. Yeah. So being trained by Yoda, um, the same as Skywalker and using the force the way you have, um, <laughs> What you know? What what would be what would be the best next step for you, Ryan? Like, what what do you think would be the best? Um, yeah, next yeah, step. Like, are, what, are you gonna go bigger? Where do you see yourself going? Yeah, I, I'd love to try out for a couple of talent shows. I would really love to be on the show Penn and Teller Fool Us. That would be really really cool. Um, I've got one trick that I think could fool them. Uh, and then, uh, honestly, man, like, so I also do wine tours in the Okanagan here. And I take people on, on, a, on a bus and we go to five wineries in a day. We stop for lunch and it's a blast, man. I, I love doing that. And then I do, I do my shows and, you know, if I could, if I could just keep getting busier with shows and do what I'm doing and live in the Okanagan here, like, man, I'm, I'm pretty happy with, you know, I, I don't want to sound arrogant or, or like I've made it or anything, but like so many people are always just reaching, like, what, what do you want next? What do you want next? And I'm like, man, I'm, I'm pretty grateful for what I have right now. You know, I've, I've, I've accomplished, you know, I've won some international awards in magic. I, I've won close up magician of the year and mentalist of the year. And then I also, in that same competition, all the gold medal winners competed and I won the people's choice award. Everyone in the audience voted for their favorite gold medal winning act and they, and they chose me. And that was just like, that's just like a huge, huge honor to be like celebrated by your peers and to, to you know accomplish something in magic and so like i said if i could like keep doing shows like this you know keep doing wine tours i have a great group of friends here like man i'm happy like and I, I like being able to say that it's just the goal is just to keep doing magic and just to keep just to keep going nice, nice. so people there are those people that have like a fear of um little people and a fear of clowns are there are there people that are literally afraid of of magic oh yeah. there has to be right? oh yeah, yeah. Sure. do you ever run into those people on a wine tour because yeah a few times oh yeah <laughs> and are they just checking their wallets all the time Is that... <laughs> yeah I'll, I'll tell you a story uh it's not my story to tell but it's it just captures this moment perfectly there was a, there was a guy named diamond jim tyler and I heard him lecture one time and he told me this story and I've never forgot it. Cause I've had really similar things happen, but not, not this exact same thing. So Jamaican people are like, a lot of them actually believe in like voodoo. Right. I was and, just, you know, what's weird. I was just going to ask you about that. Yeah. It's a common, it's a common belief in Jamaica. And, and so I'm at this event and there was a table of Jamaican people and I could see the whole time I was walking around doing tricks and people were freaking out. I looked over and they would be like, Whoa, like they were, they were freaked out. Right. Anyways, I'll, I'm, I'm telling it from Diamond Jim's perspective anyway. So I'll, I'll, I'll say it from his to make it clear for the audience. But so Diamond Jim's in this place, there's a table of Jamaican people and they're freaking out. And he, he goes over to the, to the table and he's like, okay, well maybe if I do like sponge balls, right. Which is, I'm going to put a little sponge ball in my hand and I'll put one in your hand. 
I snap my fingers, mine disappears from my hand and it reappears in your hand. Right. And it's like, it's a kid's trick. It's like, it's a good trick and it's, it, it's a strong magic trick. I, I still perform it for adults, but like it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a kid's trick, right? It's, it's like little clown noses. So he goes over and he's like, there's no way that they're going to be scared of a sponge ball, right? So he puts one sponge ball in his hand. He puts one sponge ball in their hand. They close their fist. He says, check it out. When I snap my fingers, the ball is going to disappear from here and appear in your hand. And then he snaps his fingers. And the power goes out in the whole building. <laughs> and this table of Jamaicans just fucking stand up and flip the table and run out of the room. And they're just <laughs> losing their minds. And it was just like hilarious. And then we were at a magic meeting and Diamond Jim was telling this story. And he goes, yeah. And when I snapped my fingers, the power went out. And he snaps his fingers. And as he's telling that story to us, the power goes out in that building. And we're like, bro you fucking plan that. Give me a break. And he's like, I swear I had nothing to do with it. Like two times that he snaps his fingers, the power goes out. It was, it was awesome. Wow. Well, maybe that was part of it. No, I don't know. I don't know. That That's funny as hell though. Who knows? Yeah. yeah. So have you had that happen though? Where were people on, on a wine tour or whatever, or just like, no, 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 no. I can't, you know. Oh yeah. Like I've I said, are every, they clutching their wallets and purses or? Every reaction, I've had people cry. I've had people like laugh their ass off. I've had people scream. I've had people insult me. Like, just like, I've had a guy pull a knife on me one time. Like there I've, oh yeah, man. Like it's nuts. Like people react to magic in the craziest ways ever. You, you wouldn't imagine it. It's, it's insane. Hmm. Yeah. That's cool. So yeah, I don't know the, um, I, I'd like to talk a little bit more about the whole psychic thing. Because psychics are obviously not clairvoyant, right? They're more mentalists, right? Which no, are reading no, people. No, more... so I wouldn't call them mentalists. They use techniques that are within the mentalism world, but to call yourself a psychic is a whole separate, a whole separate thing. So what about the what about that couple that um, they base those Annabelle movies on? Do you watch many of those, the horror movies with the couldn't speak okay, so based on a possessed doll? And uh, yeah, they seem to have. See, I, I kind of wonder, like, I, I do wonder sometimes if people do have some sort of foresight or fifth sense when it comes to somebody they love being in danger or or that kind of thing, like reading energies from afar. You hear of twins all the time that, you know, one gets hurt and the other one feels it or or that kind of thing. Right. So I do wonder if there is not some sort of spiritual or energy connection that the people do do have and can communicate. But uh, oh, yeah, the psychic things, they scare I heard, me. Um, I heard this, you know, me and I'm always deep in the alien conspiracy and all that kind of stuff. But um, mm -hmm. we can, I was we listening to this that. one military guy. And it was, uh, he was talking about, I don't know if it was Project Bluebeam or something along those lines is one of the big projects or whatever where there's a lot involved with it is like they're trying to get these psychics to um, work for the government right to do this kind of remote viewing and um i guess they found some people that could actually do it and he said that um it's very real and he said that they had these guys down in these military bases like locked in the room or whatever and they'd bring them these envelopes and they'd be like do you know what's in the content of this envelope? You know, and they'd let them hold it and stuff like this. And the guys would like literally like tell them 
what's what's in the envelope and could tell them every little bit so it was like a real deal so they use these guys to like do like remote viewing level like of like i think this was like just the tail end of the cold war kind of thing right like yeah. maybe in the late 60s early 70s so they'd like spy on like the russians and stuff and they'd like yeah. these guys would be like i'm in a room i see the desk they're like tell us what's on the desk and there's like i see an envelope i see a a paper tell us what the what's and they could apparently they could do a lot of stuff like that so it's kind yeah, of so that actually that actually started a little bit earlier it started in the 1930s and it was started by a guy named uh carl zener and there you he go zener uh, cards and they're esp cards so they have a circle a cross uh wait three wavy lines a square and a star and they would they would be used as as testing cards to see if people actually had extrasensory perception or ESP. And so you would have the cards face down, and you would pick one up, and you would think of a card, and you would look at somebody, and they would try to tell you what it is. So that's just like mental communication. And then there would be what's called remote viewing, where someone would be in a separate room, and they would be able to do the same thing. And then there was another one where it was like a prediction, where they would like. The, the participant would take out a card, hold it next to their chest, and then, and then the tester would pick up a card and they would see if they could predict which one they were going to, which one they were going to choose. So yeah, that all started in the 1930s with Carl Zener, Z-E-N-E-R. So if you want to look him up, that's a, it's a cool guy to, to look up. Apparently so, there's been like a lot of like presidents and stuff that had, had like psychic assistance and stuff. Yeah. Um, I don't know how much I believe. I don't know how much I believe in all that. I'm, I'm kind of on the fence there, but like, I'm, I wouldn't, I wouldn't ever say that it's completely not real. I have no idea. So do you think it is possible while we're on the, while we're on the subject, of course, do you think it's possible for a bunch of leaders in the world to get together and orchestrate some sort of illusion and call it a deception on the masses and and putting people into a, into a state of uncertainty and 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 fear in a way do, do you think that do you think that could happen do you think that there's people out there that could really put that kind of plan into play um uh, honestly i don't know i don't, I don't. <laughs> what about 9 11 do you think those planes really hit the building or do you think there's a big conspiracy that they were uh i know you're going to where this nathan <laughs> But they were uh, that they were actually like um, projected images or or like holographic images. No, not a chance. They were planes that flew into a building, one hundred percent. So, do you think there could be a organization of very wealthy people who who really do want to kind of level everything off and keep everybody in in one certain you know um, call it social bracket? of sorts and uh yeah whose whole you know goal is to just you know have everybody not pay attention to what they're doing while they own nothing and they're happy i'll be honest man i'm uh i'm i'm a magician that's my job and <laughs> I, uh, I do wine tours and i do magic for people and i don't pay attention to the rest to be honest i just could care less I'm, I'm my job is to make myself and everyone around me as happy as i can treat my friends and family with respect and love 
that's who I am. I, I could care less about the, what am I going to do about it? Like complain? I mean, there's nothing to be done, even if it is a big scam or whatever. I mean, who cares? Like, you're just going to keep living your life and you can either live your life with paranoia and fear, or you can live your life happy and just go about your business and, and make, make do with what you got. Cause this generation and our world right now has more opportunities than any generation previous to ours by far. And so people that are, you know, on the conspiracy th side of things, it's fun. It's, it's a, it's a fun thing to think about and everything, but I don't know. It's not something that I would ever actually put my thought and time into because it's just not, it's not who I am. What about conspiracies aside? Have you seen the latest uh, technology in um, like 3d? Um, what was it? What I just, I just said it like um, not 3d, 3d imaging, you know, uh, what do you call it? Nate? Uh, where they like have like Tupac on stage and stuff. And um Oh yeah, like the holographic holographic imaging. imaging. Have you seen yeah. some of that stuff that they're coming yeah, I mean, out I was in pretty, Vegas, and it's I pretty saw, amazing. Yeah, I saw Michael Jackson hologram. That was freaking cool. Like that could bring your art to a whole new level if you think about it. Really, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Or it could, or it could render part of it irrelevant. That's another thing that's, about technology. That's true, I guess. Right, magic harder is is technology, but it's uh, you know you, you find other ways what's what's the best um tip that you've gotten from another magician that's really helped you um progress as far as what you're doing oh man because you've worked with other magicians before i'm sure yeah definitely yeah yeah i got the one guy johnny he's my he's like my best friend and uh that was the guy that i met at hinton and then uh yeah man i'm oh there's there's so many but I think one of the best ones, and it's 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 not the best one actually, but it was a, it was one that stuck with me for some reason, and it was uh, an article by a guy named Bill Abbott, who's a magician down in the states, and he's awesome. And the article was "Don't be yourself," which is weird because everyone's like, "Oh, just be yourself," right? But he goes, "When you're a magician and you're paid to show up at an event and do and entertain these people and be happy and everything." Don't be yourself. If you've had a shitty day and you're going to walk in there and bring that shitty day in there with you, don't be yourself. When you walk into any event, be Michael Jordan, be the Terminator, be the guy that's going to just wow that crowd because that matters more than whatever shitty day that you had. So don't be yourself. Be Michael Jordan. Be like the king of the world when you walk in there. And, and those people have no choice but to respond well to it. And do, so, you ever get, do you ever get nervous and stuff? Like Every time. Every time. Yeah. Every time I'm about to perform a show, I always get nervous and that, and I'm happy I do because it, it means that I still care about my show. It's a good way to look at it. Yeah. Yeah. But they're not, it's not like it used to be like when I first started performing shows, I was really nervous. Like the first time I ever had like a couple of big stage shows, it was like, what am I doing up here? But then you get more comfortable with it. You start riffing with the crowd. You, you know, you learn how to actually be a performer up there. And that's sort of like one of the biggest lessons I've learned is just like, I think probably the best piece of advice was from my dad. And he just said, slow down, just slow everything down when you're up there. Don't rush, find, find a way to drag out that routine, make it really, you know, build up the anticipation, make it a moment. You know, this is your, you're performing an art. So it's like, he just said, slow down. And I just always, for every show, take a few breaths, you know, and just try to, you know, try to 
So were your parents performers as well, artists or yeah, entertainers? Dad, yeah, my dad's a musician and he's been playing guitar and singing for like over 40 years. I used to perform with him all the time. I also play and sing and uh, yeah, and we used to perform all the time. So like I've, I've been used to being on a stage. I was, I was even in a high school musical. So like I'm, I've been used to being on a stage ever since I was a kid. And I always loved open mics just for the simple fact of like being on a stage, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, it's a different energy, right? Yeah. people don't realize that as much as it's nervous energy you're feeding off the crowd's energy yeah. um you, you made me um think about a local business i just found out about here that does all these different intricate balloon um bouquets and archways and all this crazy stuff that they're doing with balloons nowadays it's like a flower shop but more for balloon displays and and you know people call up and it's everything from from gender reveals to to weddings now they want to you know turn their arch just do incredible crazy things with balloons and then people are ordering balloon bouquets as well where they're actually setting these setting these up do you have you done any of that circus type magic uh, did, you want to call did, it that or when i did kids i hate to admit this but when i did kids magic i used to make balloon animals but yeah i'm glad i'm i'm it was super fun while i did it but i'm glad i'm not doing that anymore that was it was just too exhausting man kids are kids are a blast but to handle like 30 kids every day that want like the craziest balloon animals and trying to learn it's a whole art form itself and i was just like no i can't, can't do this <laughs> see what was it jim carrey was he on was it on just for laughs where he he turned that twisted that balloon up and went oh it's a poodle or whatever. Oh, it's oh, a giraffe or whatnot. Just, I know what you're talking that's about. That's at the end of Liar Liar, and he crumples up a piece of paper and he goes, a goose. And he throws yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think he did that on just for last one time as well. Oh, yeah. Um, the yeah, I don't know. I'm what was that? Oh, that Emo Phillips. Have you ever heard that comedian Emo Phillips? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, his one of his favorite lines, one of my favorite lines that I've heard from him is when he said he was at his his nephew's birthday party and he twisted the dog into a balloon. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so do you do you have any big uh, events coming up? right away um, here for us right in there so may 22nd is going to be crown and thieves i'm actually performing there monthly so if you want to check that out that's going to be every month at crown and thieves winery on the west side it's in the speakeasy the broken hearts club and uh yeah it's a really intimate close-up show i start off with walk around magic and go up to each table and perform uh, a couple of illusions directly in front of them and then i get up on the stage and i do about a one-hour stage show cool. cool we'll be right back after this message from our sponsor Right on. I don't know where the button is on this guy. Where's the button? Oh, there he is. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Shit Talk. May the fourth be with us here on uh, 2022. We're joined by Jedi Master uh, Ryan Michael. Ryan, you were talking just before we went on break about uh, the, the Crown and Thieves. Can you explain to people what this, um, I would call it the Medieval Times-ish? Yeah, how, uh, how, in depth, like? how in depth do you want me to go? <laughs> oh, for sure. Well, it's a castle on the hillside that not a lot of people are aware of exists, right? It's a fairly new establishment, and yeah. it is based around the Medieval theme, right? Yeah, yeah. So 
they've got like the Renaissance ceiling with like, you know, all the, all the women are wearing like old Renaissance dresses. The guys are wearing the puffy Seinfeld shirts and pirate shirts or whatever. And uh, yeah, their wine is incredible. Uh, but they're also, they have a speakeasy downstairs. So you walk down this super skinny stairway and it leads you into this room and it just opens right up and there's a stage in there and it's like old all time seating. There's like, you know, fake, uh, deer heads on the wall and like all just crazy like old really old stuff like they actually I think the door in there is from the 1600s so like the, the it's not just a freshly constructed thing like they they've put some really antique things in there whole bunch of posters up on the wall of, of old scoundrels because their their theme is uh, uh, made by scoundrels sipped by kings but yeah man the hatch has taken over man they they had one location like four years ago just the hatch and then they opened up black swift and then they opened up uh the truck 59 then they bought sorry they opened up crown and thieves and then they bought truck 59 cidery and then they opened the hatching post they're the only company in west Kelowna that has more than one location and they have five like they've just exploded and they're all unique yeah yeah. See, and the thing um, is, wine's changing its demographic, right? Like it used to just be wine connoisseurs that came to the Okanagan who were really serious about tasting wine. And now it's changed into bachelorette parties, young people that are wanting to come out. Let's go do a winery tour. Cool. And it is, it's super cool, but it's a, the demographic has changed, right? So now it's, now it's young people that are wanting to go. So even though Mission Hill is still spectacular, and same with Quailsgate. They're both like beautiful locations. The draw has become to these niche little unique wineries that are the Hatch and Crown and Thieves where it's this broken down castle, you know, and you walk in and there's a speakeasy and at the Hatch they're swearing and they're listening to rap and everyone's got baggy clothes on and they're just like, they're having a good time serving wine and it's a party, you know, like that's really what I think that, that, the, that the direction of at least wine tours are going. You know, like when you go into a winery and you see the people in there at the hatch, it's a different crowd than you're going to get at like Quailsgate, you know, and like, I think the people, the wineries that realize that and they're like, okay, it's starting to change. In my opinion, I, I don't know if this is true, but in my opinion, I think the hatch walk-in traffic is now busier than Mission Hill. I would, I would easily say that. And Mission Hill used to have 2000 people a day. Mm. And of course, you know, the pandemic has weighed hard on a lot of these businesses where they were allowed to do this but they weren't allowed to do that and you know limits to people I was saying last year how sad it was to have a, a young a young couple um, the day before their wedding have to decide which family members were going to the reception and which were going to the uh, the actual ceremony because they had put new limitations on that day like the day before Right. So and of course, the wine, the wine businesses and don't get me wrong, there have been definitely some, you know, um, some government um, hand ups, if you want to call it that. But a lot of people are saying, you know, not a lot of that went to the employees, of course, that that didn't get, you know, didn't get the hours they needed to keep going, you know, but um, a lot of those were given to businesses for for showing improving loss of, of revenue. Right. Um, the wineries, a lot of people don't understand, don't know this either, but, uh, Mission Creek is also involved with, um, Mike's Hard Lemonade and yeah. that, Hill. um, Mission Hill, sorry. And the, um, what is, what is it called? The Claw, White Claw. Yeah. And, yeah, and, Palm, Bay and Palm Bay. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. So there's a lot of there's a lot going on in in this valley that a lot of people don't realize is is happening. You mentioned before I was saying about the the wine tours um, off air and how there's these marijuana tours people are doing as well. So they're doing wine tours and marijuana tours for you know which is good because you're trying to hit those demographics. But it's shocking how much older people are going on these marijuana tours. You know, <laughs> so as, as, as cool as it is to see young people going for a bachelorette party on a wine tour, it's really cool to see, you know, grandma and grandpa heading off on a marijuana tour. But uh, you were saying, and I wasn't aware of this, I guess the politics are they're, they're not allowed or policies are that they're not allowed to actually consume while they're on a tour. I think there's there's rules around smoking that's that's really difficult for tour drivers to tour guides and tour companies to try to to skirt or dance around and I don't I don't really know the specifics of it but I've just heard from other tour operators that they've really tried to to make it work but it's just it's really difficult because it's just a it's a it's a weird thing trying to allow people to smoke where do you go where do you go to smoke anywhere that you go is kind of like illegal and if you're doing it on a tour you're doing it every day or every couple of days, you're going to, you know, go to a spot and then, and eventually someone's going to catch on and report you or whatever. I don't know the rules around eating like edibles and stuff like that, but uh, you know, it's funny because it's, it's legal, but it's still not really treated the same way as alcohol, you know, like mm -hmm. in, in, in wineries, you can go in and you can drink, but you're not allowed to smoke in a, in a dispensary, right? There's no mm -hmm. lounges of, of weed that you can go and sit and smoke a joint. So it's, it's an interesting, uh, it's an interesting sort of like paradox of like, okay, well, we want to run these tours, but like, how, what do we, what do we do? You know? Yeah. There was, there was a couple of cool ideas that I've had if I did end up, you know, opening up a company where, where it could work, but yeah, it's going to be, a, it's, it would be an uphill battle, I think, until at least one or two companies are really established and they have a good tour and it gets good reviews too. Cause that's the other thing you can, you can make a tour, but it might suck. <laughs> so mm -hmm. you got to make sure it's good first. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So yeah, even, um, um, they just did a, a big uh, conference here, a big marijuana conference. Uh, what the hell a summit they called it the cannabis summit here, um, in the Kelowna area. Uh, I think it was last, uh, the week before last actually. And I couldn't help but think to myself what I wouldn't kill for, you know, big giant Costco bag of Doritos right now, where I could just lay the Doritos down and line the people up to, you know, like the, like the M&Ms and the or Reese's Pieces and the E.T. movie, you know, just bait them into the cab kind of thing. Right. So, but yeah, no, it's, it's an interesting day and age to be alive. It's um, I, I wasn't aware of that with the, with the cannabis tours. I, I assume that, when people go on a cannabis tour that they would be going to see a grow room, you know, and basically yeah. get walked around the greenhouse a bit and hopefully find some, some marijuana and sneak off to the back and have a couple puffs and then laugh your head off the whole way home. And so what you're saying is that the, the problem with that would be that the drivers would be responsible for their consumption basically. Right for the passenger's so, consumption maybe yeah i think meant like location is tough where are you going to smoke or if you do give them edibles like is that something you're allowed to do or are they allowed to consume their own edibles i mean like of course people are going to do what they're going to do when you're when you're watching the road right if, if i'm driving and someone sneaks a gummy into their mouth it's going to be pretty friggin' hard to catch it but you know you get pulled over and you got a bunch of people who are high on your bus 
how do you explain that? What I don't, I don't, I didn't remember. I didn't see them getting high. Well, now you've got open weed in the vehicle. Now you've got, you know, other things to worry about too. So, and there's just like, I think there's just a lot of hoops that you're going to have to jump through if companies are actually successful, like in doing one of those things. And they just have to kind of be careful about it. I think that's, that's number one, but I, I think it's possible and I think it can, it could work for sure. And there's, there's certain things that you could do on a tour like that to really make it like a good time you know not just about because the other thing too is you go on a wine tour you're having little sips throughout the day right like you're having a little glass here a little glass there then you get in the vehicle you have a little drink of water from your water bottle you sit down you have another couple of sips you know it's like that through the whole day when you smoke weed and and by the end of the, the wine tour you're sort of buzzed you know you got a little bit of a buzz on but you're not stumbling drunk when you smoke weed yeah, you're just high there's not that many levels that you can, you know, <laughs> like go through. So, I mean, you get stoned and then what? Yeah. More stoned? Like I'm already stoned, you know, it's like, where do you go from here? Yeah. You can't be telling the passengers, here's the rule. Every, every place we stop, you can only have two puffs Yeah. because we really got to watch your intoxication level and you, yeah. Right. And you have to eat these fancy, you know, cheese covered chips the whole yeah. way through the day. Yeah, you got mangoes to bring the high down, and yeah, yeah. I never even thought about it like that. Like I've never, I've never wanted to go on a on a marijuana tour. To tell you the truth, I even the wineries aren't aren't really my my gig. Yeah. Um, what I really do get a kick out of in this valley is watching things grow and develop, hmm. and even in a way where, and I've said this before, I've had an idea, and somebody's taken it so i'm not the only one that's thought of it obviously it's just gone off and and other people are doing what i what i kind of pictured as well um towers down on the on the lakefront for instance um i moved here about 13 years ago and one of the first things i said was how do people work downtown when there's no places to live like very small apartment complexes very you know old family homes maybe three four bedroom homes down there you know, people are renting those homes. These are old, you know, older people that have, have made that their life. And those are their, their homes. A lot of heritage buildings as well. That they can't do anything with. So, yeah, it's impressive what's happening in our in the valley. Well, as and, far uh, as the saying, if I could just jump in as far as the weed thing, maybe it, my idea is maybe it's not a tour around. Maybe it's like a um, people go there and they stay at a place, whether I guess it would be called a winery, but they'd stay there and they'd have a whole event planned out. Like they don't travel around, you know what I mean? Like, I think yeah. like, like you're saying, Ryan, the whole part of traveling around, maybe the whole place is licensed and waivers are signed and you go there specifically for, yeah. you know, I mean, you could plan out your whole evening, but maybe you sleep over there. Maybe it's like a bed and breakfast kind of place where, or a hotel or whatever, where, where that the whole event starts and finishes during the night and, it ends and you leave the next day, but you're not going anywhere. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, you're not traveling stoned. Yeah. So, you know, and then it's kind of like a gradual thing. Like, I mean, yeah. you could, any way you slice, you could have, you could plan an amazing time for whoever was yeah. in. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, let's not kid ourselves. There's people that have been stoned on wine tours before too, you know, like people sneak off and they do what they're going to do. I'm sure there've been many tours where people get high. And so, you know, and those people didn't get busted or anything. I mean, I don't know. I think I'm, I'm probably overthinking it a little bit just because that's what I do, but I'm thinking <laughs> it would be like, yeah, there's, there's a lot of different ideas that you could do to make a cannabis tour fun. You don't just have to like go to five 
you know, uh, grow ops and call it a day or one grow up. I mean, the other thing too, is like, you know, if you're, you wouldn't necessarily, maybe you wouldn't structure it like a wine tour, right? Like a wine tour is five wineries with a lunch stop. Well, maybe a cannabis tour is only an hour and a half and you go, you pick people up at a certain location, you drive them there, they get to see their thing and they come back home. You know, it can Mm -hmm. be a quick thing like that too. It, It wouldn't necessarily have to be like a full eight hours of a tour kind of thing, you know? So now there is there is some um, news going on recently. I don't know if you're aware of this or not, because like you said um, before, you don't actually do the cannabis tours yourself. But I did hear something in the news this week where um, some of the First Nations were selling cannabis or whatnot in their in their locations, in their in their different um, dispensaries or whatnot. And apparently it's not legit or, or so there's. There's that kind of thing too. I think that that really they did drop the drop the ball a bit when they did the whole legalization movement in in a way where they didn't really give people the definite, hey, this is what you have to do to open it. Um, I was thinking personally myself, and I, I do happen to network a bit in the in the marijuana industry. And like you said, you know, you take them to a greenhouse where the guy has opened the door and said, Yeah, we're gonna do tours, you know. Um, that's all part of the package, right? You take them in, they walk you through the greenhouse, show you the different, you know, what they're doing, explain a bit of that. Then you yeah. take them at, I'll just use this example, um, Fintry area, because there's literally pot shops right across and right next to other pot shops. It's like a little block of, of just pot shops, right? And you just take them to that little neighborhood and say, okay, here's the rules. You guys go in, you buy what you want. That's legal, but you don't open any of it until you get back to our final destination, right? So, you have whatever brochures you want or whatever, but we can't allow you to be under the influence when you're on the, because, you know, somebody might start eating somebody's face or something. I don't yeah. know. Like I said, I've, I really don't, I really don't know the rules around it. These are just things that I'm kind of like mm. coming up with in my head that I'm like, you know, these would be roadblocks, but I've just heard from different tour operators that it's a, it's going to be a challenging thing to make it happen. But mm-hmm. again, that's up. I think it's up to the tour company. If you've got a great tour company and they know what they're doing and they've been doing it a while, like, you know, there's, I think there's 46 wine tour companies in the Okanagan right now. Like the market mm-hmm. is like flooded, but the cannabis tours haven't really picked up yet. So there's going to be a big, you know, open space. I'm still waiting for like a cannabis lounge to open, you know, someplace where you can just go in and smoke and hang out. But yeah, because we had a hookah lounge here before cannabis was, was legal. And yeah. it seemed just right as cannabis was legal, they closed this hookah lounge where people were smoking Shiva. Right. right? So um yeah it is true that actually that's a really good point yeah, but wasn't um, that thing, like back in the day like you'd hear about amsterdam and wanting to go to amsterdam because pot's legal and you can go into a coffee shop and roll a joint and smoke it like that was a thing that that like you would travel across the world to go and do is like yeah. go smoke a joint in a coffee shop in amsterdam like you can't do that even though it's well, legal then. when it's i so lived weird. in vancouver in 2000 there was all kinds of like little private hidden clubs and stuff we used to go to i mean you used to be able to go to like Blunt Brothers down on, I think it was like close to East Hastings. They had like a little box booth in the front where, of the store where people yeah. could, would go smoke. It was called the Smoker's Booth, right? Well, everyone would just go smoke joints in there, right? It was like literally like right on the street. And then you come out of the little box booth and into the store and you could hang out on the couches or whatever and buy their products or whatever. But there's also little things that if you know somebody and, and I knew this one girl, she took me to a bunch of different ones where you'd go to this random wherever an alley and like 
buzzing at the door and there's like cameras up there and you and they're like okay yeah come in if you're cool or whatever like they know you you'd go up like i remember this one it was really cool um we'd go there you go up there like up these stairs and they have cameras everywhere and then you can go buy your stuff at the desk from the guys but then there's this whole like big pool hall of like crazy paintings and all these people smoking and stuff i've been to i went to a couple places like that and they were kind of like top secret kind of places but yeah. that was before it was all it was all legal so yeah there was a lot of that going on when like yeah, apparently there was, there was a pike i won't say the name but there was a place in Kelowna that that had that before it was legal and then when it was legal couldn't do it anymore maybe it's just because once it became legal they the people that were enforcing the laws were a little bit more strict on it and they were like you know things were under the table before but now it's out in the open so now we're going to really clamp down on it kind of thing yeah, it's it's kind of crazy though when you think about it. I I watched the show. It's called Bar Rescue. I don't know if you guys have ever seen it, but one of my favorite ones that he did was he actually transformed this guy's bar into a speakeasy, where you walk in and it says laundromat on the door, and you walk in and it looks like a laundromat, and you open the secret door and it goes into this big bar, right? Yeah. And that kind of thing would work perfect nowadays because you just call it Blockbuster. Right. And you, you, it looked like it looked like you could rent videos, but all these cases of, of DVDs are just glued to the shelf. Nothing can move. Right. And then you find that one DVD that you can move and boom, everything changes. Right. The, and uh, yeah, so we're we're quite a bit off topic here, but uh, just just out of curiosity. So other than the crown and thieves where I'm hoping to watch you perform here, you said May 22nd. Uh, let me double check my calendar here. I'm pretty sure it's the, it's a Sunday um okay yeah may 22nd where, where do people go to get tickets they contact ground and thieves yeah on crown and thieves website it'll be posted on my website by tomorrow and then uh through my instagram and through uh mainly through the crown and thieves website i think is how they're mostly selling tickets okay and go ahead and plug your instagram your um youtube anything like that yeah yes. everything ryan michael magic so at ryan michael magic for instagram uh facebook.com slash ryan michael and uh website is ryanmichaelmagic.com cool is there any um venue that you would hope to kind of be be on like that seems like a really cool venue for you the crowd yeah. are, you, are you gonna go to vegas yeah people ask me that all the time and uh no i don't think so i don't think uh, vegas is on the menu I, i'm not gonna count it out but like i don't know i i, I went down to vegas for a week by myself one time and I just, I watched all the magic shows. I went to every single one. I got to meet David Copperfield. I got to go to uh, Matt King and Mike Hammer and all these brilliant magicians that work down there, right? And I got to see their shows right up right up close. I got front row tickets for every guy. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I didn't fall in love with Vegas. It wasn't... Uh, Could you, when you were watching the shows, you're like, okay, I know what he's doing there. Was there a lot of that? Could you see, or was there sometimes where it was just like, half, damn. I'd say, I'd say half and half. Like there was definitely things that there was... Uh, one guy, I, I won't say his name because I, I really respect him a lot, um, but I, I, I knew about 75% of the stuff he was doing in his show because I do the same thing. Like I literally, his and my, and my act were like really similar in terms of like the methods that we were using and the, the types of tricks that were happening. And then, uh, but yeah, he was friggin' brilliant. He's just, he's awesome. And I'm not saying that just because I do the same stuff as him, but he, he's really, really good. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I just, I didn't fall in love with it. I was just like, this isn't coming from Jasper. Kelowna's big. 
like Cologne is huge to me. You know, I, I, I don't really ever see myself living in a big city. So like even Kelowna is just big enough where I'm like, it's not quite city. There's not, you know, have to wait two hours in traffic or anything, but it's not like 5,000 people where, you know, you're, you go to the grocery store and you know, everybody there, you know? So it's like, it's a, it's a, it's a nice, I like Kelowna. It's a nice balance, but uh, I really like to do another theater uh, in Kelowna here. And then if I could start doing like a run of shows in theaters kind of around the province, that's kind of like, if, you, if you're able to sell out theaters as a magician, that's really one of the, the, the signs that you've done, you know, at least something right. And so, yeah, if I could, if I could do a run of shows of, you know, all the theaters in BC, that would be super cool. The Mary Irwin theater here, I'm looking at some dates in September right now, nothing set in stone, but you know, follow me and I'll, I'll be posting dates when I know. And uh, yeah, I mean, just, just more theaters, man. And, and, and the, the being a, a resident magician at Crown Thieves, like that's super cool. You know, that's a, a huge honor for me. And it's a, it's a super, super cool venue. I never thought, you know, when I was learning card tricks in my parents' basement that I was going to be performing in a castle in a speakeasy you know, for, for 50, 70 people at a time, you know, like it's a, it's a really cool thing to be able to do. So yeah, I'm just, I'm happy doing what I'm doing, man. And I'm just going to keep on the train that I'm on right now. Cause I'm, I feel like it's where I'm supposed to be. So our, um, our arena, um, the, the Prospera place, we call it. Yeah. I've noticed for a long time that quite often we don't get the same level or anywhere near the same um, entertainment that the Penticton um theater i guess or arena you would call it yeah, yeah. is able to obtain and it's kind of it, it's been one of these things i've noticed for a long time and i couldn't help but think like why aren't they lining up one artist to do for instance shania twain why didn't she come to Kelowna, then go to penticton it's it's an hour away it would give her that one day break between performances but, you know, I, I just got thinking, actually, it's like, why are we trying to get Penn and Teller to come to Kelowna and do yeah. an episode of Fool Us here? You know, we're, we're getting to that point with, with you know, International Airport, um, you know, be, becoming now one of the most wealthiest places in the extreme cost of living, you know, um, the rent prices and, and house prices and stuff, right? So, yes. and in... I don't know if that's just in Canada. I think it's just in Canada because New York is uh, a little more pricey than us for rent, mm. but uh, same for property value and stuff like that. So yeah. Um, have you looked at Penticton theater there at all or yeah, reached out to uh, those guys? Definitely. Yeah. And there's, there's a couple of places in Penticton that I'd like to go. A full arena would be a pretty tough sell for like, like man, even David Copperfield, his theater is only, I think 150 to 300 seats. It's not that many seats, you know, and to sell out like a theater like that or an, an arena, like an auditorium, man, that's, you're talking like thousands of people that you're going to want to, you know, try to convince to come to a magic show. You got to have a real big name to be able to sell something like that. You know, a theater with like three, 400 people, you can put out enough advertising and try to get your name out there enough that people kind of know who you are and they're going to come watch that. But unless you're like, you know, have international recognition in terms of like television or, you know, other forms of media like that, it, it's, it's, you know, becoming a famous magician is pretty tough. There's only a few guys in history who have done it. And there's thousands of magicians, you know, David Blaine, Chris Angel, David Copperfield, uh, Houdini. You know, these are all good, but guys that you've never heard of that are 
I don't want to say better than them, but they're like they're more talented in terms of sleight of hand. Danny Dartiz, Juan Tamarith, Sean Farquhar, uh, you know, like all these guys that Scott Alexander, like all these other guys that are just like no name magicians for lay people, people who don't do magic, but for for magicians, they're like the biggest deals because they're just like the Paul Daniels. He a lot of guys know him because he was had a show in the eighties, but like he was. He was amazing. The amazing Jonathan, the guy that, that, that passed away this year that I was inspired by. And, you know, all these guys that just like, they're not, they're not wicked famous. They're famous amongst magicians. It's like, you know how musicians have like musicians that they look up to and you've never heard of them. Like a guy named Buddy Miller, like he was Eric Clapton's influence and all these guys that, you know, they all look up to him and they're like, oh yeah, there's the band, you know, not a lot of people know the band more than the song, the weight, you know, take a load off Annie. that song right mm -hmm. everyone knows that song but nobody knows the rest of their stuff but on their last concert they had like eric clapton and van morrison and like all these like massive artists who are all inspired by them and you'd never hear their names and it's the same with magicians it's like there's these few guys that are just like at the top of the charts but they're never going to become famous they're just kind of like doing what they're doing and so to, to really become a famous magician, America's Got Talent, Canada's Got Talent, or Penn and Teller Fool Us. That's the only way you're going to actually sort of like get recognized. Or, hear me out, you start a show that's like the Carbonero effect, yeah. only with a different name. And you do the same thing that that guy does, because that's some of the most entertaining shit I've seen, especially the one where he's pouring the fish out of the bucket nonstop mm. in you know, a very impoverished community where they're the poor people there are just get that bucket from that guy. We need that forever, right? Like, yeah, it's super impressive stuff. But yeah, that's uh, that you watch that Carbonero effect. Do you? I've never uh, seen it. Nope. I don't know if I've seen that exact one, but I'll I'll look it up after this for sure. I love I love that's part of being a magician is you love any magic. So I'll look it up. After yeah, that. Um, you have to. If I sent you a message on Messenger. Is it going to pop mm -hmm. up? Are you going to see it right away? Yes. Can, can you can you make sure that you don't see it if I send it? Can I send it and it won't pop up? Yes. Because it would be a shame to have a mentalist on your podcast without at least doing one thing. So oh, I'm going to okay. send you. A, I'm going to send you a photo right now, uh, but I don't want okay. you to look at it. Okay. okay. So just let me know when you've got the photo. You'll hear it because my phone will be make noise and my and my facebook will probably yeah there you go perfect ding ding okay awesome and uh i'm gonna go onto my phone here and i'm gonna get you guys to do you guys use your notes on your phone no but i know how jc do you use, yeah jc does i can figure out something yeah iPhone. okay well here so I've got, I, I use my notes a lot as a magician. I jot down things all the time, just little ideas that come to mind. And sometimes I'll, I'll create lists of things, whatever. And, and I created a list of a couple of things on here. I created a list of celebrities and I created a list of uh, famous movies and famous movie characters. So JC, I'm going to get you to think of a, of a, of a famous movie character. And so just name, name any number between one and a hundred. I think I got a hundred listed on there. So give me any number between one and a hundred. Like just say it all up. Yeah, go for it. Um, sixty-eight. 
Okay, and I just want you to see that I'm gonna fairly just go back over to my notes here and I'm gonna keep the, uh, the notes here so you can see the whole time. So I'm gonna go to famous movie characters. Can you read that list? Is it, is it, do I need to turn down the brightness at all? Or can uh, I can, yeah, I can read it, but I can't, I can only see up to 14 right now. That's okay, I'm gonna just scroll down and I just want you to see that they're all different. Yep. Is that fair? Let me know when I'm getting close to 68. Uh, okay. A little farther. And I'll, I'll kind of look away. Okay, stop there. Okay, yeah, you're at 68. You can see the famous movie character? Yeah. Okay, so just keep that in your mind. I'm going to go back to my home screen here. And uh, same thing, Nate, give me a number between one and 100. And uh, you'll 42. Think of, you'll, think of a, you'll think of a movie. Um, well, sorry, what did you say? Oh, what am I thinking of? Uh, a number. Oh, 42. 42 so i'm just going to go back into my notes right here and i'm going to go to movies and i want you to just see that those are all different i got a list of about 100 movies here okay can you see that they're all different yep keep Excellent. going a little bit okay stop there or right, go back a little bit okay okay so can you see the the, the movie that you're thinking of yep Okay, perfect. Now, just before we go any further here, that was a totally free choice. You could see all those characters were different and all the movies were different. Yep. And you could have named any number. There's no way ahead of, of this. Then we didn't plan anything for the viewers. Like we didn't, you know, plan anything in advance. Yep. Right. Uh, and so that, that was a totally free choice. But what's weird is I think the movie that you're thinking of and the celebrity that you're the uh, character, the movie celebrity that you're thinking of, I think they have something kind of weird in common. What, uh, JC, you can tell us, what was the, uh, the movie character that you thought of? The one on your list or just uh, top of my, my mind? The one, that, the one that you thought of in the list there. It was on your list or the one I just thought of at random? Sorry, the one in the list, the one after you name the number. Uh, was, uh, I said Woody. I, I imagine that's the that character from Toy Story. Yeah. Or, sure. Yeah, yeah, okay, we can go with that. Is that what that Woody yeah, yeah. or Woody sure. Harrelson? I don't know which, whatever, one of those two, I guess. Yeah, we can go with what <laughs> you said, Woody from Toy Story. So let's go okay. with that. And sure. Uh, what, what movie did you think of? Uh, I found uh, Terminator. Yeah. Terminator. Not Toy Story? No. Oh, so they don't really have much in common, right? I don't know. Um, Judgment day for both. Maybe these days. Um, is there a way for you to share your screen with us, Nate? I can try. My camera's fuzzy again. Yeah, let's see if you can share your screen your screen with us. Oh, I'm sure I can. Oh, screen share. I can do that right here. Check this out. Oh no, my host disabled it, but I have this technology thing. Oh, that is creepy as hell. So I sent you a message before you guys thought of a number and I, I sent him a, a text and it was Woody as the Terminator. <laughs> That's funny. That is crazy. Dude. I wish okay, my so to, our audience, to our audience that's listening, um, just to recap here, I chose the number, was it 68? And the name Woody came up in the list that Ryan had of, of movie characters. And he had all kinds of characters from Optimus Prime to... I don't know what other one. Lots of, and then Nate chose 
what was it, a movie? Yeah. And then Terminator. His, his number in, in Ryan's list was the Terminator. Now, as Ryan said, he, he sent this image to Nate before we even started that. So right now on Nathan's phone, he's showing us an image of Woody as the Terminator cartoon um, artist rendition of. So it's like Woody, the little Toy Story character with this kind of face shredded. The Toyminator. So the endo Yeah, did you see the title, the Toyminator? <laughs> yeah, that's cute. Wow, that that's was awesome. that's something. Yeah, sounds good. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Shit Talk. Here we are on May the fourth, twenty twenty-two, with uh, you know Master Illusionist uh, Ryan Michael just blew our minds with this uh, crazy Toyminator uh, trick. Uh, kind of tried to explain a little bit to JC how he basically implanted these ideas into our heads that this is what we wanted for numbers. JC still doesn't understand it, but that's okay. Um, that's uh, yeah, it, it's, it's crazy. Um, yeah. So getting back to the, the Carbonero effect, have you seen that show? Right. No, um, just before we get into that too, JC, I was just wondering, you said that like, I, I feel kind of, bad because you had said did you think of am i supposed to think of the celebrity i just randomly thought of or the one that i saw on the list i was yeah. just curious what was the the one that you had like did you have another another one in mind that wasn't what you saw on the list well isn't that what you first asked us to think of something or before right. we even saw the list yeah so did you think of something or was like what was the uh what was the other did you think of another one i was just curious what it is because i like to see how people think Oh, I can't tell you that's a secret. No, you totally <laughs> can't. <laughs> Woo! Payback's a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it was, um, you know what it was? It was, um, it was uh, Vin Diesel um, from Triple X. Oh, okay. That was the actor and that was the movie. I didn't know if you're like, you wanted like, like uh, characters from like, animation disney movies or if you're actually right. like looking for actors and movies right. i didn't so that's what came to mind i guess i don't know if you saw but just before i asked you that i put my wallet over here i'm trying to keep it in frame so you don't think i'd do anything tricky but if i can do this um right before this podcast i actually put something in my wallet right here and uh it was just a little piece of paper uh but i wrote down Oh, sorry, you froze. Oh, my God. You froze up. You're cheating. <laughs> you froze your camera right before we can see it. <laughs> yeah, just to prove that we don't edit anything in this podcast. <laughs> Move it back a little bit, Ryan. Yeah, you just got to decide it. Oh, oh. Look what, it, what is yeah, that? There you go. Oh, It says Vin. I put Vin XX. There you go. Ah. There you go. He got it. But that can't, we, I don't know. We got to do it again because the camera froze. You could have wrote it in. <laughs> the podcast froze right when he went to show us the card. I think he cheated. Here, let's do, no, let's, no. Uh, let's do something just so that you know it's like a totally free choice here. So I'm just going to keep this no, stuff. Okay. I believe you. Yeah, I'm just joking. That was uh, pretty cool. And uh, Nate, just uh, name any card in a deck of cards. Name any card? 
anyone okay except, except like a joker or like uh you know the obvious ones are the ace of spades and the queen of hearts you can say it if you want but they're just super yeah. obvious yeah not the second rule card or anything like that no. um okay let's go with the four clovers the four of clubs and it, what's really weird is inside this deck of cards hopefully you can see this and i don't freeze but uh i took one card in this deck of cards and i flipped it over mm -hmm. I don't know if you can see that uh but it's the um four of clubs i just there can't I, I just can't Nice, nice. Grogu, what do you think of this? Grogu, what's going on here? <laughs> He's using the force. Nathan is a Grogu doll. He's using the force. Yeah. So, yeah. This apparently has to be passed down to uh, JC's uh, little one someday. But for now, I'm really, I'm really enjoying the uh, the magic of of these Henson creations. That's for sure. But yeah. So yeah, we've we've covered a lot. We've we've covered um, basic um, inspiration and all and all that kind of stuff. We do like to ask though, where, where do you where where do we go from here? So Ryan, if, if, if there's a young person, I'm going to hopefully um, reconnect with my uh, Cantonese friend, Keith. Uh, Mo Sonsi is how you pronounce uh, magic man in Cantonese. But uh, yeah, he's, he's a local magician I haven't actually seen in a long time. But, uh, you know, I'd really like to get you two together and, and see what you guys can uh, figure out for yourselves. But uh, yeah, actually, yeah. I, I know Keith. Uh, we used to jam all the time. I haven't seen him in a few years, but yeah, we used to. Okay. Be yeah, yeah. for sure. Super cool. Um, yeah, so he's uh yeah, he was one of the first people to really scare the shit out of me with magic. Yeah, um, but like, just like the coin and the fork bending and stuff. He does some cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so you obviously know Keith already, but so um as somebody who maybe is you know younger or you know really has had that that want to get into magic, is there anything that you can suggest for them as far as yeah, man, hit up your local magic shop. Go, go, like support the local magic shop if you can. If you can find someone that's selling magic, that's in Canada, go support them. Buy, go in, talk to them. They're good people, and they know what they're talking about, and they'll put you on the right track. Uh, YouTube, honestly, is a, is a good way to get started. You're not going to learn much on there. It's not like amazing stuff because people do really keep the secrets. But you know, you can learn a couple of basic card tricks if if it's something you really want to do. Uh, I'll give you another one, 793.1. That's the Dewey Decimal System for Magic Books in your local library. So go to your local library and get books. You can learn more from a book than you can from any video. So read books, get into it, talk to the community, you know, join a magic forum, talk to the magicians. There's, there's guys that are willing to help you in this industry. It's a really small, tight-knit group of guys and you know we're we're all rooting for each other because there's more than enough magic to go around so you know talk to people get involved go support your local magic shop and because they're closing down you know there was two magic shops that closed down from covid and that sucks because that's just that's you know where are these magic shops I, is there one in the one in Kelowna at all? There's not one in Kelowna right now uh but there there's one in Vancouver uh there's one in Toronto and there's one, uh, oh God, where's the other 
he used to be in Calgary, but he's online now. That's the vanishingrabbit.com. And that's Brent. And Brent is one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. And he will set you on the right track to become a magician. He set me on the right track for sure. He, he supported me and helped me out and, you know, gave me some good advice to, to sort of get moving in the magic world. So yeah, talk to, talk to people, you know, uh, if it's something that you want to do, I don't really have to say anything. It's something that you'll figure out how to do. It's there's only a certain, there's a small group of people in the world who are ever actually going to become magicians. There's a huge chunk of people that are going to learn two or three card tricks and go, this is too hard and give up. But if you, if you are serious about it and you want to get into it, it's something that you can do. And it's, but it's something that you have to put yourself. I, I had to dive in head first. I, I was like fully invested when I started every show that I did, <clears throat> every show that I did and I made money from, I would put back into magic. I would buy the rights to another trick and I would, you know, learn how to perform something else. And I would spend hours shuffling decks of cards until it was perfect. You know, that's the kind of practice and that's the kind of dedication that it takes to really become a good magician. But once you do it, you know, it's something that you, you'll never pay for a drink at a bar again. You go out to a bar and you do one card trick for someone and they're going to be like, I'll buy you, I'm going to buy you a drink. You know, you, you can meet the, the people that you never thought you would meet doing magic. It's incredible. It's like you can travel the world doing this. It crosses every language barrier. It crosses every age barrier. You don't even have to speak the language. You put a ball in one hand and you put a ball in there and you snap your fingers and yours is gone and they open it up and have two. Like a three-year-old can understand that, right? So you can cross any barrier with magic. It's, it's like, it's the key to life for me, man. It's like, it's how I breathe. It's like you go out and you find a 50 year old lawyer or an accountant who's just like mm, and they're just like in the worst mood and they're crabby and they're not a nice person and then you do a magic trick for them and you just see them melt into this little five-year-old kid who's smiling and laughing and just loving life all of a sudden you know you can just change the way that someone thinks just by offering this little gift of like can i make you smile for a second you know like you, you walk up to so a lot of times i'll walk up to people and be like hey do you want to see a magic trick and they're like nah and I, I don't let it go. I'm like, seriously, it's free. It, I, it's just going to make you smile. If it's terrible, I'll leave and you'll never see me again. And you do that with a smile and people are like, all right. And then within two minutes, they're like, holy, Bob, get over here. You got to see this shit. You know, and it's like, they're losing their minds. And, and two seconds ago, they, they didn't want anything to do with you. You know, so it's like, it's this really, it's a really, really cool art form that allows you to do, you know, these amazing things that, that so few people get to do in their life. And I've, I just feel spoiled, like being, being who I, being who I working towards who I want to be and being set on this path. Like I really, I do, I feel spoiled and just, you know, it's been a, it's been a fun journey and I, I can't wait to keep going on it. Right. I got, I got to ask you something, man. It's, uh, I don't mean to get too, uh, too crazy on you, but no, when no. you say magic, is there like, I mean, you, you call yourself like the illusionist or whatever. That's, I just totally understand that, but when you say magic, is there like another kind of magic that doesn't tie together with the, your kind of magic, like uh, dark, you hear about dark magic and blood magic and you name, you know, that kind of, that world, is that, is that cross your radar or is that something you just laugh at? Or is that like, is that you a know, thing? Is, is that a thing? Or is that a real thing to you? Or do you just I'll be honest. that out? I'll, I'll be honest. And then I'm going to tell you something after this, but. I'm not saying that you're involved in it. I'm just no, like, is that, just, a, is that a real thing? I'll be honest. I'll be totally honest. 
I don't know if you want me to answer that question. I, I know you want me to answer it, but I don't, I don't know if you want to hear the answer because I'll tell you this. People get astonished, like truly astonished, so few times in their life that when you tell someone how a magic trick works, it, it, it takes that gift away from them. They were so thrilled to know something, to like be a part of something that they don't know how it works. They can't just go on their phone and Google it, which you can do with friggin' everything these days. So, you know, you give, you give someone a gift when you shock them and you went to, and you, you know, thrill them. They don't get astonished. People don't get astonished very often in their life. It's like three, four times when you get proposed to first time you go on a roller coaster and a really good magic trick, you know, it can, it can change someone's life. You know, it really can. It, it can change the way you look at life for a little while. And it's a cool thing. So like, you know, I, the dark magic stuff, if there is, I don't know about it. I'm, I perform everything that I do for smiles, entertainment, and to make people, to, to give people that gift of like, I don't know what the fuck just happened. And I really liked it. You know, that's, that's my goal. That's where I kind of like focus, but at, at the dark magic stuff, I don't know. I couldn't say one way or the other, but like, I will say I'm, I'm agnostic leaning towards atheist. I'm, you know, I base most of my beliefs in what I believe to be science. And, you know, I try to, I try to keep a pretty even keel when it comes to like, you know, anything supernatural. I try to, you know, ask myself what's, what's a, what's a more likely possibility than it being supernatural. And so, you know, that's kind of where I stand on that, I guess. You believe in swamp gas and, <laughs> and lightning bugs. Sure. Orbs, orbs are out of the question. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. You, you don't walk around this cemetery with a Ouija board unless you really have a good trick in mind, right? Yeah, unless I really need help. Yeah, then I go to the crossroads, and, you know. Okay, so you brought up something good, though, here, is that um, that I wanted to touch base on, which is that, uh, you know, the magic shops, like so many other small businesses, bookstores, bakeries, you know, yeah. these specialty places have, you know, really been hit hard with the pandemic. So in, in my call it capitalist mentality i can't help but think like why isn't why isn't somebody capitalizing on this why isn't somebody trying to open some sort of chain of um occultist shops of sorts you know try to to um to open up these old you know like a movie rental place or bakery or, or whatnot yeah. and try and, and revamp that but in a way where you know you want a magician to work at a magic shop that's that's a given Right. How often are we at the Best Buy and the kid there that has no idea what he's, you know, supposed to be trying to sell you as far as tech. Right. I think yeah, a lot so, of that stuff you can buy online though now, Nate. Like people have their own, like yeah, I the mean, problem yeah, is, is not the, exactly. the shop itself is like paying rent and getting the business there. Yes. But this is like where you can look at the multifaceted, you can look at the multifaceted end of things. Right. It's like the, um, even the comedy clubs, right. They've gone through a hardship. With, not just with the pandemic, but just in economics and in the change of, of pace where people will, you know, buy everything on YouTube or watch free shit on YouTube. So yuck yucks, you know, was on the verge of total collapse at one point. Right. So I can't help but think like, why aren't we looking at some sort of cool venue where you're a licensed establishment, you've got a stage, you've got all that, but you also have, you know, that magic shop part of the business as well right where during the day you're you're selling um magic kits and and tricks and and all the different props and stuff right 
and during the night you're actually opening up the stage for you know and you can make it multi um artistic right where you can have just an open mic but you know featuring you know your magician um host or whatnot right so well, yeah there, i think that would be really yeah, cool to see there are a few people that are doing that uh not not quite like that but there's uh you know some there's one group in in Kelowna, it's the uh uh it's a drag show that happens and they're they're recruiting all different types of entertainers and trying to put together like a sort of entertainment company which is a super cool idea um and they've asked me to perform with them before and there's other other groups of of entertainers mainly stand-up comedians that are in Kelowna that sort of run the entertainment bracket side of things there um mm -hmm. but I'm one of only two magicians in Kelowna like like uh, Keith is is a magician but he doesn't like book corporate shows and actually doesn't do it for a living right like he's got other things going on but it's me and one other guy that like really pursue it full time and so mm -hmm. you know it's a it is a super niche market it, there there wouldn't be enough business for a magic shop to open in Kelowna and and JC's right there's there's a, a lot of online stuff now and for especially for someone trying to sell magic it's like yeah online is the way to go because what are you going to have people travel across the country because that's what it used to be there'd only be a few magic shops and you'd have to travel if you wanted to, if you wanted magic or you wanted to like learn something, you had to go to the magic shop, you know, and now it's the landscape. COVID changed the landscape of our world. You know, it really did. And it's, people are just doing different things now. Online is just really popular. And the, Ryan, the, I got to ask you yeah. a question. Do you have, um, I was like, my cousin had these cards that were like, um, I don't know if they're like black light cards or something, but they were like, they're like black and white, uh, like just plain black and white, um, kind of like inverted color, no color, but black and white cards. Do you have those? Do you have a deck of those? Those, those, yeah, those are so cool. I was like, oh, I wanted to order some, because you can order some really cool deck of cards online. Oh, yeah. like, there's Definitely. so many cool ones you can get. So this is uh, a small portion of my uh, cards that I have here. That's there about ten percent of the cards that I have in my house right now. For for our listeners, yeah, there's, showing there's us a, a big box full of different card decks. That's there's probably about a hundred in there, um, but yeah, there and there. I don't really have any trick decks. I don't like using trick. There are some trick decks that exist out there. I don't really like using them. These are all just like interesting cards, like you said, black and white ones. So yeah, I'll, I'll grab a deck here and I'll show you the uh, black and white ones. I don't know if it's quite what you're thinking, but. Uh, so who wants to wait two days for that to show up on eBay? Something like that? Yeah, kind of like that. The cards themselves are black and white, but yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, that, that, that's definitely, definitely cool. Yeah, I've got a, a purple deck. I've got a yeah. yellow deck. Uh, like that. There's a filter for that. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. There's the, there's the black and white ones that are all. Yeah, um, there you go. I like that. That's neat. Yeah. But man, it's funny as a magician, like the little things that you work on, like just a fan like this, like fanning the cards like that. It's so funny. You'll do that for people and they just don't even care. And you're like, I've literally worked for 10,000 hours, just across over and back every single time. And you're just working on this, you know, like, it's so funny. The little things that magicians have to work on that don't really see it. Like I can, and I can already tell just by the feel of this deck of cards that I'm missing two cards out of this deck. I need to find them. <laughs> Yeah, my cousin could really do that fanning stuff like without even thinking about it. And he could flick a card out of the deck and it fly out 
and fly right back to him. Like he do it over yeah. and over, like without even thinking. I'm just like, you must have practiced that like a hundred times. Yeah, so, stuff like uh, that. Yeah, this is. I don't know if I'll be able to get this one, but oh, let me try one more time. <laughs> there you <Good>. go. <laughs> For our listeners, Brian flicked the card and then. He kind of like sucked onto it on, on his lips, which is a pretty cool trick. And it's so uh, thousand spins in the air, and then I caught it with my teeth. Okay. So as you're probably aware, our, our podcast is not edited whatsoever. We we do typically only air the audio, but uh, for tonight's for tonight's special event, um, Ryan's agreed to let us put this up on, on YouTube or Rumble. Um, I think we're going to go with rumble on this one, but uh, it just brings up a good point because we don't edit any of our podcasts. I think JC might string some, some music in the front just to start off. Hey, the podcast. Don't get crazy. Don't get crazy. Yeah. You're going to have to I put that music in there again. You got to have our theme song or whatever, but the, uh, with no lyrics, it's a great theme song. Everybody remembers it. Um, so ha- have you had any good bloopers on, on, on the stage? I'm sure that there's been some, not so perfect uh oh yeah come uh, on share share with us one of your best bloopers either one that you've seen or one that's happened to you yourself oh man uh there's been a few let me think of a good one um oh geez Let me, let's come back to that. I'll, I'll think about it for a second because there's been some good ones, but I'm trying to think of like, a, you know, one that's like funny. You like walked on the right. stage and your fly was down the whole show. Oh, I've done that. <laughs> yeah, I've done that that's not even, that's not even embarrassing compared to the shit that's happened to me. Um, okay. Well, oh, I'll give well you one. this one's a kind of a funny one. I don't know. It's just a cute one. I was performing at a kid's party and, uh, and this little girl came up on stage and it was like an outdoor kid's party. And it, there just so happened to be like a bunch of people walking by and they saw me doing this magic show outside. So they all started watching and there's probably like, I'd say like 75, 80 people that were all just standing around in Jasper at the park and watching me perform this magic show. And the little, and I called this little girl up on stage and we were about to do a trick and she just takes her dress and she pulls the whole thing right over her head. Like for no reason, just like fully like her entire dress. So I like grab my suit and I pull it above my head really quick, like trying to like, you know, help imitator. pretend that I'm doing the same thing as her. Like that one was pretty funny. Um, yeah. Like, I don't know, man, there's been, there's been more like, <laughs> that's, it's hard to say. It's hard to say it without, cause there's been a few where I've literally just completely screwed the trick up and there's no, like, there's no recovery, like none. Um, there's a trick that David Copperfield does. Okay. This is a good one trick that david copperfield does where he takes a piece of paper crumples it up and he like it starts dancing on his hand and then it dances onto the back of his hand and moves up his shoulder and comes back down and moves across to the other shoulder and then it kind of floats in midair for a second then he catches it unfolds the piece of paper and rolls up a rose like a paper napkin rose and he he makes that float and it's like it's this perfect little like rose made of paper that's just floating in midair and it's really beautiful. And then he takes the candle that's on the table and he picks it up and he lights the piece of paper on fire. Thing goes up in flames and, he, and, it, and it turns into a rose, like a real rose. And it's, it's a beautiful routine. And I did that one time. And 
I brought my mom up on stage and I do the final thing where like the rose is floating in midair and I light it and a rose appears. But when I, when you light this stuff, it's called flash paper. I probably shouldn't say that. I hope I'm not exposing any magic on everyone. No, we, we've, we've seen that. So, well, I have, I've seen it. Yeah, you, you light it and it just like goes up in flames really yeah, quick. That's right? cool. I like that. Sound. So I do that. And it was the first time that I'd used like a full size sheet of flash paper and I didn't tell my mom to move back. And so mm-hmm. I did it. And like, I'm not kidding, like all the hair on my arm got burnt off and my mom's like, I could smell burning hair from my mom and you could see like a little singe mark in her hair. And this was like, <laughs> like full, full Legion show, like, uh, like at, at the Royal Canadian Legion in Jasper, there was like probably 150 people there and they're all just like watching and I fucking almost light my mom on fire on stage. That one was, that was pretty funny. That was a bit of a blooper. Definitely won't do and that. because it's in a Did Legion, you, you can't swear. So she would be like, ah, you know. Did you finish the trip though? Did it did it kind of work well, yeah, out? The or? rules appeared and, and I pretended nothing happened and I sent her off the stage, but the whole rest of the show I was like, my fucking arm hurts. And then my mom obviously was like, you know, had to leave and take care of her hair. And we also <laughs> do another one where I swallow sewing needles. That's a famous Harry Houdini trick. You swallow 10 sewing needles and then you swallow a piece of string and then you pull them all out and they're all attached to the string. Like you thread them in your stomach and you pull them all back out. And uh, yeah, I've done that before. And I've had people, multiple people like run out of the room screen. I don't like that one. (laughs) Yeah, that one's a little bit, I don't do that for every show. That's uh, every once in a while. But you can do that on a a massive stage because of how dangerous the illusion is, right? Like, even though it's not a big trick, it plays for an audience of like 10,000 people because you're getting someone on stage to be like, yeah, this is a real needle. And they put it on your tongue and you swallow it and they check your mouth and you, you know, get a flashlight for them and they can examine everything. Harry Houdini did it with a hundred needles. I do it with 10. So mm-hmm. do people swallow swords? Is that an illusion or do people really swallow swords? Is that a That's real an art? That's real. That is that is an art. Yeah. Yeah. That is scary shit, but that's yeah. That's real. Uh, there's a, a buddy of mine, he was on America's Got Talent. He had a he swallows a curved sword. And you see him and he and he leans over to one side when he's swallowing it. He goes, oh. And his neck is like this so that the sword can go down into his stomach. And then he rotates his head around and the sword comes all the way around and he pulls it out on this side. Whoa. Yeah, his name is Ryan Ryan Stock and Amber Lynn. And they were on America's Got Talent. And Amber Lynn shot a flaming arrow and it missed the target on Ryan's mouth and it hit him in the neck. (gasps) had to stop their show. But yeah, look that up on America's Got Talent. Ryan Stock and Amber Lynn. It's a really crazy video. But I've met those guys a couple of times. They live in Calgary. And I saw him do the sword swallowing in Calgary. And it was like, holy shit. Um, more Calgary talent was the the hamster man, they call him. Have you met him? The the biggest yeah, contortionist. The oh, guy's cool. like 450 pounds. Oh, cool. But he no, can, uh, he's got their own show on Discovery Channel, actually. But yeah, he can he a crazy contortionist to be a big guy and still as as limb as limber as he is. Um yeah, so you just brought up a good point. Um do you get called by um the um what is it called? The oh, the misfortune cookie, Dave? Does he does he call you ever to come and open up for any of the because I think it'd be a great warm-up for when he's doing these comedy nights and stuff you know who i'm talking about oh yeah yeah dave uh yeah yeah oh. dave, um yeah I, I know who you're talking about the guy that does dakotas yes i've i've done probably three shows at dakotas for him but 
and not not putting them down at all they are great guys and dave's super super funny if you ever get a chance go check his show out and check out the improv nights and the comedy nights too they're really good uh but yeah it's it's a great venue it's just a little bit small for me at this point i'm, I'm starting to do theaters and stuff like that now and crown and thieves is probably the smallest venue that i'm doing right now um the comedy nights are are kind of more like an open mic night for a lot of comics right and so it would be a gr- great place to go and practice material i would love to go check it out and do a couple of things there and i have before but it's a bit of a different room a comedy room is is a different feel than a, a magic room if people aren't expecting magic it's a hard thing to just kind of like throw at them and be like, now I'm going to do magic. And people are like, okay, yeah, sure. Like, you know, cause it's that comedy mentality of like, make me laugh, funny boy. They're like, okay, show me some magic, funny boy, magic boy. You know, it's like, it's a tricky thing to try to make a comedy crowd enjoy magic, but um, it's just the crowd. Right. And you gotta, you gotta read the room. So I, I have done a couple of open mics over at the, the Dakota's lounge there. And it's a, it's a cool place and everything, but might just be a little bit small for this kind of stuff that I'm starting to do now. Illusion would be great though at a place like Friends of Dorothy, where oh. you go up there in a in a three piece suit, and then all of a sudden you're you know full on drag, right? So <laughs> change that's a quick change. Yeah, yeah, that crazy. Do you do any of that kind of stuff? Have you worked uh, that? So I do, much quick change. I do three made what you would call major illusions in my show. Um, I can, I'm not going to say what they are because they're my my finales and there's kind of a surprise. But um, yeah, I do three major illusions, uh, but I don't cut anyone in half and I don't, uh, you know, teleport or anything like that. It's more, uh, uh, it's still with my personal touch of like making it a little bit more direct, personal and, you know, sort of, and funny. I mean, my show is, my show is a lot of comedy too. I'm starting to rebrand myself a little bit more as like a comedy illusionist because like my show is mostly comedy and, but it's a lot of, of, you know, a lot of magic too. Mm -hmm. Cool. Do you ever have a, do you ever have like an assistant or no no solo and i also you know some some mind readers out there in the past not too many anymore but a lot of guys used to just use plants in the audience and i've never once used a plant and i'm really proud of that because i want every single person that comes to my show to be fooled i don't want anyone in the audience being like yeah i'm in on it with the magician you know i don't want that at all so i've never used a plant i never will and uh, i'm going to keep it at that well now we have tmz too so if you had a plant and they caught you having a drink afterwards it'd be you'd be exposed in no time yeah you're screwed. But, uh, i really do like the idea though of doing a canadian spin on that carbonara effect i really i really like that I'll, I'll um, you've given me a ton of inspiration here ryan because uh you know we we come from the same background with the with public transportation and stuff and uh seeing you know so many visitors and and also you know having your your finger on the pulse of what's happening here i'm i'm impressed to hear that you're you're moving on to theater as well and that you're hopefully going to have some bigger venues and stuff like that but uh yeah i i like i said it would be really cool if somebody could build you know some sort of bar or or a club of some sort where that was a deal right and and bring back the old magic shops because that's that's where the magicians get their inspiration they're not getting their inspiration so much um maybe yes youtube like you like you mentioned but not so much on online doing a search for a certain you know a certain thing if you want to go there as a magician you tangibly want to see is this what i want is this what's going to work for me is that what i was looking for and yeah again you look around and you see other things that you might want to you know play around with as well because and i'll say you know youtube is extremely limited it's you're not going to find any quality magic on there that's really going to fool anybody but it's a good stepping stone for anybody that wants to just like 
start. But then once you're past YouTube, even magic shops are only going to let you go so far because they're not going to just sell you the best tricks in the world right off the bat. They, they aren't for sale. You know, you, you have to be involved in the community and you have to know magicians. And once you get involved in this lifestyle and people know who you are and that's really what you do, then, then that's when you start really getting brought into the fold and you can start going to magic conventions and meeting these incredible magicians from around the world. And that's really where the heart of magic is, in my opinion. It's like, that's the, the brotherhood that, that everyone shares and the, the uh, you know, the camaraderie is like, a, it's a really cool aspect to the whole, to being a magician. Cause you know, sometimes you're on stage and you feel like you're alone, but you're not alone up there, man. You're, you're, there's every dead magician who's ever existed is standing right behind you because they've all contributed to where you're at in that moment. Right. So that's, as a funny saying that I heard a long time ago, every dead magician in the world is on stage with you. And I always try to think about that. <laughs> that's super so, impressive. So just to just to make sure if viewers know, is there is there a secret layer though in the Okanagan for for fellow magicians and, and illusionists? Crown Thieves, my show. That's that's the secret place. That's where you can come watch magic. That's uh, where you get the password. Okay. If you're in Penticton, I do shows at Time Winery every once in a while. And uh, then look for me at the theaters and hopefully uh, just kind of keeps going up from here. Awesome. And you say Thanks. you're doing a, a show in Vernon here as well coming up, right? That, I just did that one. That was the Vernon District oh. of Performing Arts. That was uh, the 750 seat theater. That was a big show. Wow. Okay. That's impressive. Thanks. Thank, yeah, thanks for coming on our, sh our show, Ryan. That was, uh, I'm pretty impressed. Uh, you did, you weren't a letdown. Thanks, you're brother. You're definitely Appreciate not an amateur. We, uh, we had a good time. <laughs> Cheers. Well, I appreciate your time, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, and I look forward to a time where we can have Penn and Teller come here to, you know, there's no reason they couldn't come and record an episode of Fool Us. Um, JC, the little mountain town you're in right now, they're they're having an amazing race or something episode shot there. Is that right? Oh, yeah. They always got something going on. But yeah, yeah, I think so. And so is... Kelowna keeps growing, then it's just going to keep going that way. And yeah, we'll get bigger and bigger acts here for sure. And is it true that the participants in the amazing race have to shovel their first six miles with the know. snow? I don't know. I don't, I don't <laughs> yeah. think so. Okay. I, I just heard a rumor on one of those local, uh, your little mountain town.com Facebook groups there that, uh, yeah, apparently they have to shovel first and then they got to get on the snowblower and you got to push that another eight miles. And yeah, it's, it's going to be quite the uh, episode, apparently. I don't know. I've never actually seen the amazing race, but anyhow, Ryan, it's been good. Please plug away any of your, yeah, uh, yeah RyanMichaelMagic.com at RyanMichaelMagic on Instagram and, uh, check out my live shows. You'll see me lots coming up. Hopefully. Right on. Thanks bye. for Ryan. All the best to you, man. Good luck Cheers, in your future. Yeah. We'll be, look, we'll be looking out for you. Thank you very much. May the fourth be with you. Yeah, may the fourth be with you guys too. <laughs> Take care. All right, Jake. Well, there you have it, folks. There's our May the Fourth Be With You episode here on Shit Talk. Hope you guys well, the, enjoyed it. Jedi mind checks going on tonight. Yeah. And we totally made Bonnie and Fauci and the rest 